Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here, and we got ourselves a new master keyword and title. We're talking about the Von Schill this time. Deep diving into him. This is actually the keyword that I think I get the most requests to do from random people because this keyword just does it all, it seems. So I'm, I play Von Schill a little bit. I probably have somewhere between 15, 20 games with the mix of the title and original. Uh, but I brought on Brian because uh, <laughs> Brian has written about Von Schill, played a crap ton of Von Schill, and that's why we got you on. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and it, it was funny because the, a couple of the people I was talking to about running this episode, I, I told them I was having you on, and we were going to have Liam on, but, you know, New Zealand time's funny. But <laughs> I was, they were like, yeah, Brian's really good to have on about Von Schill. He, he like, talks almost exclusively about Von Schill. And yeah. We can't forget, forget about your love of Barbaros, though. That's in there, too. Yeah, I for a while on the Discord, I had changed my name to Freycore Recruiter, just because that's pretty much I I had it followed where I'd get notifications for the Outcast uh, thing where I'd pay attention whenever someone mentioned Freycore asked a question, I'd be <laughs> jump on, like, oh, this this is I know this I can help here. Yeah, and you also wrote that article that was on Bigger Hat, right? Yeah, for the GG two, um, which had its errors in there with some things. I'm not perfect, but yeah, I. Uh, I had spent quite a bit of time um, playing and thinking about the crew. I actually went through um, a period to where I was determined I didn't care how bad of a situation I thought playing the crew into uh, was happening. I was going to play the crew. I was going to find their weaknesses, find their strengths, and uh, figure out what was needed, where, and when. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now because I've played more the title than the original. And it's funny because we were talking and you're yeah. kind of inverse of that. But that's what I'm doing with the original right now. I'm like, I'm playing him for about 10 games and I don't care how bad the pool is for him. Like today I played a game and I was like, ah, Zip probably would have been better here, but that's fine. Um, I tell you what, Von Schill still ran it pretty good. So I wasn't too too down on it. But I think that's a good way to test out a crew when you're really trying to feel feel it out, get the ins and outs of it, help learn your tricks. Mm -hmm. But before we get into talking about this, make sure that you guys are checking us out on Twitter, uh, the YouTube channel. I'm going to start throwing up clips again on there from our shows. I found that I think people like more of the clips, whether they're funny or tactical clips from the episodes. So instead of watching like the whole two hour clip, sometimes that we do, I feel people like the little, you know, 10, 12 minute clip. And like I said, you can check us out on Twitter. We got the Discord going, uh, which is always good. We have people talking on there all the time. And then finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire, where you can support us 
for as little as a dollar. And I do want to give all our patrons a special shout out because our patrons definitely help support us, but also because of our patrons, we got our boy Dixon who will be coming back to the podcast. He had some things that needed some fixing and they pitched in because they're awesome and got a shout out to patrons for that. Especially the Nick Westbrook. He led the charge. <laughs> Nick's a good guy. He is a good guy. He's a great. I mean, I can't believe how much he sports like all the content it seems yeah. like. So yeah, he's just, everywhere in the community. It's awesome. Yep, he's a great guy. I, I was glad to meet him the couple times that I have this year. Let's get in talking about Von Schill. Now, anytime we do these kind of whether you want to call them deep dives, if you want to go back to, you know, old third floor war, that's fine. But looking at the keyword, the first thing I always stick with is kind of like, okay, so I like to look at the original first, talk about kind of what they do, and then kind of what are some important parts of the crew. And then we kind of look into the title a little bit. And then finally, we'll get into the strats and schemes that we think we're good at, which will be sprinkled throughout. And finally, any kind of bad matchups or any ways to counter the crew for people who get frustrated with Von Schill, because I think people that do play against the free core thinks that he's really good sometimes. So I, it would be interesting to hear how people counter him. So Brian, why don't you just start by telling us, what do you love about this? I don't, I don't know, Von Schill's gotta be German or you know, be from yeah. some kind of Eastern European realm, but what do you like about this keyword in Von Schill just overall? Well, first of all, you're actually absolutely right. He comes from a uh, uh, kind of a German folklore, not folklore. He's a, uh, the Freikor kind of became immortalized as uh, folk heroes. They were uh, rebels at one point. And I only know this because I worked for him for a while. The, the, <laughs> so I ended up finding some of this random stuff out. Uh, and uh, they combined that with the idea of Hulk Hogan. And so you just got like... <laughs> This German freedom fighter Hulk Hogan, like that's pretty cool. Um, but if I were, I didn't, to I didn't know that's where like the stash and kind of the bald, long hair came from. But that's cool. So since you didn't play an M2E, uh, the way it worked in M2E, there were a lot more upgrades, and they were master specific often. And there, uh, so the way okay. you change your play style was by changing your upgrades. One of Von Schill's was called the shirt comes off. <laughs> and it's, it's literally he discards the upgrade and he stuns uh, all people all around him. And that's that awesome. Was, that was the whole idea was that, you know, he just, yep, it's the whole Hogan <laughs> and all that, and that was the joke. Um, but as far as the crew in the game, what I love about them is they don't die. They, they like to live, and they're just very difficult models to put down. They have a good amount of damage output, and they're incredibly flexible, and we'll go into how that yeah, is and really their identity. Brian, I don't know if you know this, but I come from the land of Bayou often, and I have to say, in Bayou, things die, whether it's from your own, you know, they die with egregious purpose. decisions or whatever. But that's one of the things I love about, like, even your minions don't die that easy. No, they don't. <laughs> no, everything in the crew, except for um, the metallurgist, has, uh, and in the keyword, has at least armor, armor one. one. Um, there is armor two in the keyword on a couple models, being um, uh, Lazarus and uh, Arik. But um, even then, the the metallurgist still has you know arcane shield. That's just it. She is arcane shielded, and there that's one of the common conditions in this crew as well is shielded. Yep. They have tons of damage reduction. It doesn't seem fair. Uh, <laughs> my locals might say that and agree with you. Yes. 
that's one of the things when and this was kind of as chris was you know starting to kind of get into the rage quit of like i i hate this game it's broken which he he doesn't totally feel that way but sometimes but i was playing von shill and he's just be like and your armor too and you have shielding and then you use stones it's like this crew sucks <laughs> and not and in, the, not in a bad way yeah and then you heal so yeah it's a crew that doesn't like to die that's like I, I love that. I love playing tanks in video games. I like playing the durable, just outlasts everything kind of character. And yep. this crew very much uh, carries that. Yep, I definitely feel that too. That's that's one of the things that I just, I love about the crew. One, I love the idea of just, you know, chucking upgrades to people, just, you know, being like, here it is, boys, you know, take it up, you know, throw it to, you know, Hannah, whatever. And not only the and we'll get into this more this crew is just i think infamous for just denying like they're going to oh, deny yeah. you killing oh, yeah. them they're going to deny where you can be they're going to deny you placing they're going to deny your schemes and what you love they're going to deny you models <laughs> yes <laughs> in one blow <laughs> yeah um, yes i would absolutely agree this is a crew that their core Play style is adaptability mixed with denial. That is a very accurate um, observation. Yeah, and that's the part that actually is interesting for me because I'm technically an, or I'm traditionally an offensive player, uh, which I, you can do with Von Schill. But I think when you really get to that next level is when you go, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, one shot this model over here, but then I'm also gonna use this upgrade to deny you maybe leave a mark or something. So. Right definitely get into that next level of where you're denying your right. opponent points while securing your own. And just to clarify for the people who are like, one shot, what? There are a couple models who, if Freycore has a, a very high um, high end damage and very uh, moderate low end damage. So no model in their crew other than the metallurgist really, well, I just don't do damage. They all yeah. have potential. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a crazy thing, right? I mean, you one of the upgrades you can just give to anybody and they can do anything right that's just in the standard free corman their basic gun is a clockwork revolver a two three five yeah. with crit strike i mean yeah. it's, it's they not are a very um they can go defensive through their durability or offensive so if you you said you like playing aggressive and like being that attacker they absolutely have the potential to do that and we can talk yeah. about that a little bit more yeah and I, I would definitely agree with that there's tons of times where i've played my games out and even with, like you were saying, even with the with the crit strike rifle, the clockwork rifle, revolver, I should say, where, you know, there's a random model and I'm like, you know, my engineer doesn't need to do anything else here. Let me just take a random shot. And, you know, you and the engineer is great. We'll talk about that in a lot of ways, I'm sure. But yeah, crit strike's pretty good, especially on that uh, engineer. And there's been a couple times where I've killed a random model because it's just, you, you get the cards, you get the suit and things die. I played a, um, a Vassal game uh, when I was trying to figure out if I liked Vassal, which spoiler, I don't, I don't like Vassal. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it out of necessity, not because of want. <laughs> and I can, I can see that. It's just frustrating for me because I'm such a visual person. Yeah. Uh, but well, the models playing... are the best part of the game. And I was playing against Masaki. Um, uh, and uh, just a random pot shot at Misaki. I red jokered the damage and I did six damage. Boom, right then, right there with a minion, a six cost minion. So yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, so I think before we get into specifically how Von Schill and his crew starts to work, let's kind of talk about the upgrades because this is an upgrade crew. This is kind of the thing that makes them work. So we'll get into how the upgrades get attached here in a minute. But you want to kind of run us through what the, what is it, four or five different upgrades they have? Uh, there are a total of five. All right, so you want to go ahead and run us through just kind of generally what each one does? Absolutely. So the, the upgrades, the theme is they're basically uh, equipment. Uh, so they're soldiers who they, they bring the right equipment for the job. And starting with some of the, I guess, lesser talked about ones. Um, so you'll have grenade belt, um, which grenade belt, all these give you um, actions and some of them give you passives. Uh, the grenade belt, oh, and you can have two of these out at a time. You can have as many of them attached to a person, just no doubles. So I can have yep. all five of these attached to one model. Yeah, so you can't strap on two grenade belts. You have to yeah. have different ones. That'd probably be the, no, the landmines would be the broken one with that. But anyways, so the grenade belt gives you a uh, two bonus action attacks um, that they're both range eight um, at a moderate stat of six or moderately high stat of six and with their own target numbers. And you're basically throwing grenades. First one is uh, just, they both ignore line of sight shockwave one uh, they're movement duels um, so they're simple duels they're shockwaves the first one is a clockwork grenade and it does damage nothing fancy but it has a trigger burned to a crisp which removes scheme markers uh, in an area around it yeah I, th I, th I think that's the and honestly there might be maybe you can tell me if there's a spot for that second bonus but i feel like most of the time when you equip the grenade belt you're looking to remove a scheme marker. yes that's the primary reason to use it the second one gives distracted two uh, plus two and has the cataclysm uh, trigger, which allows you to drop additional shockwaves. It's more of a support action. I generally don't find myself equipping the grenade belt in Von Schill one uh, for that action. I find yeah. more use out of it out of Von Schill two, and we'll discuss why later. The second of these is landmines. This is where that kind of area denial be, um, really kind of is obvious because it's got another bonus action on it. Uh, it's a tactical action this time though, to where you create two 50 millimeter destructible, severe hazardous minefield markers. Uh, and it's got a trigger to, for the reposition to move your model. Um, this is fantastic in this gaining grounds where you need to be in specific areas and so close to specific markers because you can position these and they have to spend resources to get rid of them um, or they're going to be taking damage. And you'll also find, we'll discuss it later, there's, Ways the crew can also uh, utilize these, manipulating the enemy position to actually trigger the hazardous on these. Yeah, and I and I think before we go too much more into it, the I wouldn't call it the downside, but just what happens is at the top it tells you when you do something on this card, you have to then discard the upgrade. So in most cases, you can only use it once and then you discard it. So all that's but one some, upgrade. Yeah, yep. all but one upgrade works that way the other ability on this is actually a passive it gives you explosive plus two yeah. so when you die you go boom yeah and I, i've done that just to throw on a model i'm like hey this model is about to die let's just make them pay for it the fun one to do it on is the draken trooper because they also have the same ability on them and it's a plus two meaning it stacks so all of a sudden you have a plus four yeah i i've i've seen people do it with him and then also trunky people will just yes. run trunky on up in there yes <laughs> uh, although one of my favorite ones to actually put on the trunk is the next one, which uh, is one of the most commonly used is the rocket launcher. 
I laugh that it literally turns into a mini tank. <laughs> By equipping the rocket launcher, you gain a tactical action and a attack action. The tactical is really useful against a lot of crews. Um, it allows you, it's a blow to hell. So it's the kind of thing that's iconic from like um, uh, the bandits and things where they can remove terrain, like destructible terrain, destructible yep. markers, and they can't get cover. It's more in this crew used to remove markers and destructibles because you have crews like we were talking about before the uh, start recording. We're talking about Raspy. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of Titania and of her. Actually, I think those ones may not. Are those ones destructible? I don't don't know if the underbrush are. I don't remember. It's been a bit. Pit traps are. Pit traps are. You've got a lot of the pianos. You've got a lot of different yep. uh, markers that this allows you to clear them out. The main action this is used for, though, is the attack action rocket launcher. 12 range, 6 stat. So a good statted range attack that you can put on anyone. That's the deal here. It doesn't matter how bad your model is at shooting something. It doesn't matter because you're giving them an attack with a good stat. It's a only once per turn. So you, and I'll have to explain why that's there later, but um, you shoot them with a rocket launcher and every single one is a double blast. Two, three, four. (laughs) Well, I don't even think that's that's a really good thing, but also just for why not, it has crit strike. It has crit strike, so you can easily be a 3, 4, 5, or if you really try, because this is very easy to do with certain models, you turn it into a uh, a 4, 5, 6 double blast. Yeah, models uh, like the, uh, what, the Librarian, the Catalan Rifleman. um, uh, Hannah. Hannah, um, yeah. um, uh, Yeah, any of the henchmen really can do it. Uh, well, not art quite as much. Hannah can, but yeah. yeah. And we'll, when we hit those models, we'll kind of explain a common Like why theme. certain upgrades are good with certain models. The next one is uh, Rocket Boots. And uh, this allows them to have the bonus action leap. It's got the suit built in, so you just need a seven. Very good to have. Um, the charge through ability, which gives you a plus on damage when you charge with it. I found that not- really good. It is really good, but the problem tends to be is you need the leap to get to a place. Yeah. Um, but if you can use the, that charge through, there's a lot of high end damage, which again, we'll talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> but this crew benefits so much from things like focus and charge through and puncture, things that and, get to that high end. And damage. you know, I, we were talking about some of the other things like the armor and shielding. As we get through this, I and people will see, I was surprised how much focused you just get off of things. Oh, yes. There's a ton of it. It's beautiful. Speaking of uh, armor and shielded, um, the last upgrade is reinforced shield, reinforced assault shield. And basic, it gives you shield of plus two when you equip it instantly, Um, but then gives you arcane shielded. So every turn that recharges, because shielded drops off at the end of the turn, right? So it it restarts every turn. Um, So if they knock only one plink off, It'll end at the end of the turn and then it's back up to two. It fall. This is the one that's a little bit different because it only falls off once you, you lose uh, your shield. When you lose your shielded. So the tactical action on here, it doesn't matter if you use it or not. Um, you can use it and you won't lose the upgrade. Which the tactical action is the I've got your back, which also has the defensive reflexes, giving more shielded. And I, I've actually that's been pretty big with some of the models that find themselves in bad positions. I'm just like, yeah, let's get that out of there. I find it more useful in Von Schill 2, uh, because yeah. Von Schill 1 and Arc both have diving charge, allowing them just to charge out of engagements they don't care. Um, and leap is a place, so if you give them the rocket boots, any model, they can just leap out. But Reinforced Salt Shield should never be disregarded. 
And it's one of those things that when it's on one of your heavy beaters, like Arik, you've all of a sudden got shielded two, armor two, soul stones. Very, like, very difficult to deal with. And, and you know, it's funny, though, because I also play Bayou. So Ophelia is the version of Upgrade Masters for, you know, Bayou. And I'm sorry, these upgrades are just better. It's, yeah. They're just, it's not even close. No. Um, although I don't feel it's as... Um... I don't feel it's as tricksy as uh, as the Bayou stuff. So I feel yeah. it's also more straightforward. You understand what things do and how the synergies work a little bit easier. Yeah. At least in my mindset. When I when I was looking at uh, the way the Gremlins do it versus the way the the uh, Von Schill does it, it, it just seemed a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. Um, where you'll find is that strategies with this crew are not complicated, but you'll find a lot of high skill play potential. Yep, I agree with that. Something I tell people is if you want to get good at the game, play Bon Shill win a lot. And people kind of look at me funny as like, this crew does not have a bunch of tricks. They do have some, but it's all, it's so broadcasted a lot of times. Yeah. And what this crew does is it teaches you how to be good at the core concepts of the game. And we'll kind of talk through later when we're talking about where the strengths and weaknesses of the crew is. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. So, I mean, let's talk about, you know, Hulk Hogan himself here with Von Schill 1. So, I mean, he's first off, I think he has some of the best stats in the game just as a master. Yeah, he's brutal. Which I saw that and I was just like, you you just look at his stats and it almost makes it like, do I really want to attack him? Right. Two of my most common opponents um, play Neverborn and play uh, Ten Thunders. And they play particularly masters who like to do stuff with willpower. So willpower, I'm, always, yeah. I'm always a fan of that willpower seven. Um, but yeah, solid defense is very fast, very fast model with that uh, diving charge and a movement six. You're not going to pin him down. If he's not getting where he needs to go to uh, give upgrades or attack things, he's scheming incredibly effectively. Very flexible. Um, but you also have the standard armor. So it's already durable. Survivalist, which makes killing him very difficult. And freaking nightmare to kill this dude. If if you don't take him down in one activation with a big beater, um, he's going to come back very quickly. And if you've got a scheme pool with Assassinate, I can almost guarantee you it is a bad idea to take it against this crew. Yeah. All All you have to do, all you have to do is keep him near the hodgepodge emissary, um and he's not going to die. He's just auto-healing too when he activates. Oh, he's not going to die. And uh, so the rest of his uh, his front uh, kit, the blast resistant is meh. It's a little bit of additional armor. But That's nice. It's nice when it comes up. It's nice when it comes up. I miss the old Freycore uh, ability to... So in M2E, all Freycore had uh, their combat suits, which ignored blast damage. So blasts don't hurt them. Well, that now has been transferred over to the uh, Half-Bloods. The Half-Bloods have that ability to where they don't care about pulse and blast damage. And it makes me sad. But yeah, I, I mean, you can you can still bring the Metallurgist to, you know, at least reduce it to zero. Yeah, but honestly, it's not really needed as much. The big deal uh, on Von Schill for supporting his crew kind of passively is shouting orders, um, which anyone who's familiar with shouting orders, he can basically give him, have him take concentrated bonus actions. Uh, this crew loves to use bonus actions. It's actually one of the downsides. You don't have enough bonus actions. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was going to say, I find myself not using shouting orders a lot just because the bonus actions are so good, and it's on the upgrades. But early on in the game, turn yeah. one, when you're setting up, you're discarding a card um, and doing that. You have to be careful. This And actually talking about this is, is a good point. This is the first instance of seeing where the Freycore like to discard cards. It happens quite a bit. <laughs> you have to be very careful. This is co uh, core game concept number one that this group will teach you. Hand management. No card you ever draw is going to be useful. If you have a whole, uh, cards that are low, realize this is a good turn to use the discard effects. If you have a lot of high cards, consider very carefully where you need to spend them to cheat versus yep. you need to discard them. And you met, th that's why this crew will very much teach you when do you really need to cheat your moderate losing? Like, you don't, you can take some of the damage. It's fine. Don't yeah, well, always. <laughs> I found myself today, Brian, I was playing a game against Raspy and the ice golem came up and punched Eric. And it, it was bad enough where he was getting a, actually, I think he was getting a positive flip. And I was just like, I'm just going to take it. It's like I had the reinforced shield on and I'm armor too. Like, even if you spike this, uh, I can still stone it. <laughs> yeah. And if he's got, uh, I can't remember if the ice golem has a, a top of six, but if he's got I think, six. I think it is, yeah. If he hits his top six without a red joker, you're he's doing three damage before your stones. You're fine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's kind of the thing with this crew. It's just like, you can just take take it on the chin yeah. sometimes. It takes concentrated effort to kill them. Um, and Von Schill is no exception. He's got a, a kind of like the standard 12 health, so he's not weak. He's not like, oh, 14 health, whatever, but he's got enough health to where chewing through his health is going to be hard. Yep. Um, if your plan is to kill Von Schell, you are going to need to dedicate a lot of resources. Going to his other side, start with attack actions. He's got two. First is his melee. One inch, so it's like, meh, whatever. One inch. Uh, good stat, though. Um, stat six, but he's got uh, two, three, five. Eh. For a master, it's kind of like underwhelming. Yeah, it is. But he's got Critical Strike, which, again, okay, cool. So you can stone and cheat, sure, whatever, to go push that up. But the real reason you're using his melee attack is for his other trigger called Pull. So I did do this for the first time today. I finally got the Pull trigger, and I was kind of excited about it, but it didn't work out as well as I wanted it to just because I had a crap hand. But go ahead and tell us what Pull does, because it's probably the best thing at least thematically on his card i love using it when you pull you take whatever model you're hitting and you throw them uh you throw <laughs> them within uh i think it's like five inches like a clay yeah, pigeon inches, you just like a clay pigeon them. and then another model is another one of your models gets to take a shot just as clarification for those listening you cannot shoot with blast attack i know blast but a shockwave attacks because yeah, you have to target them. Target. So a lot of people, when the game, when M3 was first round, like, oh, I can double tap with Lazarus in so many different ways. Like, no, you cannot. Lazarus does not target. He uses shockwaves. But this means you can pull and throw them onto those landmines. So they're taking additional damage from landing on the landmines. First strategies and schemes, and M2E was very common to, uh, to my Von Schill kidnap, run up to the enemy master and pull and throw them into the rest of my crew. Because you can... Throw them in. It doesn't say throw them away from you or whatever. You can position them wherever you want. Yep, it's anywhere within five. Yep. So be aware of what you can do with that. It's not always worth running Von Schell in to do it, but it's also not always. Sometimes bad. it is. Yep. Well, because well, because you know, 
before you kind of get to the second one, there are times where like, oh, they overextended that model. Let me go take care of that. Anyone who's played against 10 Thunders has probably faced a, a Yan Lo or a Shen Long dive. Well, it really sucks when that dive is into a crew that's already hard to kill. And then you happen to throw him even further back, and then he just gets <laughs> slammed by all the rest of the models. And now yeah. he is like, um, let's see, it's within five, so it's not totally within. So you're basically more like six inches away from. That's where you're just like, yep, I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal. Um, it's a lot of fun. The second action is underrated, in my opinion. It's the clockwork custom clockwork rifle. Again, people are upset a lot of times because it has a good stat, but it's got a minimum damage of two. It's a two, four, five. Yeah. So it's like, eh. But it ignores cover, which isn't like a small deal. It's, a lot it's not nothing yet. And it ignores hard to wound. Against one of my local reser players, this. Yeah, I'm sure they hate that. Oh, it like it's something people always forget that's there. And as soon as it comes in, it's like, I'm going to shoot. Okay, well, I'm hard to wound as well. I was like, I don't care. Don't care, bro. <laughs> and it's got a reposition trigger. There's several reposition, reposition triggers throughout the crew, which is just nice for positioning. Uh, but you'd be surprised how much uh, that little positioning can really matter in a lot of these schemes. And as far as tactical actions, then... Uh, yeah, this, this, first. this is... Yeah, this, I was going to say, let's get the easy ones and then yeah, we'll talk about the bread and butter. One. Uh, so the, his two bonus actions he's got. Uh, the first one is I've got your back, which is just the standard. You know, I'm going to grab my ally and pull away. He saves models. Really useful. He's, he does a good job supporting. Uh, the more situational one, but basically makes it to where he's impossible to do a lot of things to, is shrug off, discard a card, and a condition on him. Uh, yeah, and that that's big if you're like slow or you have stunned, you know. Slow, stun, anything like that. It also makes it to where this crew... One of the weaknesses of Outcasts as a whole, if you want to punish Outcasts as a faction, bring conditions. There is so little condition removal in this faction. That's true. You have Johan, and he can target one model. Almost, there might be others because I, I, I'm not as familiar with them, but almost all the rest of the condition removal is in this crew. <laughs> and this is, this, this is the first sign of it. Like, he can You're right. Himself. Um, the uh, last tactical action is kind of what makes this crew iconic. Uh, it's the load up. Yep. You can target non-beast minions or Freakor models. And this is important as far as designating other targets, because like I like bringing Catalan Riflemen, which are just versatile minions, and so they're targetable with this. Uh, you give them an upgrade. One of those, uh, those equipment upgrades we did, and then they can push up to two inches. That's huge. A little bit of extra positioning. But there is a trigger for every suit. Yeah, and, and I think the the push two inches, it's super good because that happens before anything before else. The trigger, so, before the yeah. triggers, uh, before uh, the thing is resolved, yeah, the push happens right away. But the triggers are really good. Yes, they are. The only one that is situational is the ram, which heals, because he can't heal um, himself. He has to heal a different model. Uh, but it's another heal. I mean, that's fantastic. He can give focused on a tome. He can uh, do it again, just targeting a different model, which is really good right off the Quick bat. Reflexes is super good, especially early turns. Turn one, you're set up. Like, I'm going to purposefully cheat in one of my 
masks to make sure that I'm giving multiple people. And you only need a five for this to go off. <laughs> yes, very affordable as far as cards. Um, and then the one that catches people off guard, because like, oh, you're handing out equipment, okay, is give him hell on a crow. Okay, I'm going to give him the rocket launcher. He's going to take a. He's going to shoot. Yeah, that was how that that was how I. And if anybody listens to boring conversation, Jesse talked about it for a minute. He was playing Brew Master One, and I just I did give him hell onto. I think it was onto an engineer. And the engineer just used it right away, shot it into his crew and killed like Apprentice Wesley and Shoujo took like oh four God. damage. It, it was rough. Uh, and the thing is, you've got to remember too, is if it's a minion, which this crew only has, let's see here. So you have two uh, henchmen and two enforcers. You have five minions. And this is not including uh, the, I guess, including the totem. You have a... Uh, um, an enforcer there, so three enforcers and five minions, and this is not including any versatile minions or out of keyword minions you bring in. They get a bonus to yeah, they the, get a positive to the duel, yeah, which is so huge. good. And if you use this on a Freycorman, here's where the combos start coming in. Freycorman can choose to take a damage to keep the upgrade, yep, instead of discarding it. So there's so many, so many little combos. Um, but that is what makes Von Schill so good. Von Schill one. It is, in my opinion, the most open and close quotes versatile master in the game because it's literally his shtick. Yeah, is to be versatile. And then obviously Von Schill has his trunk that you're going to bring with him every time. So you just oh. have this rolling, and apparently it's the worst model ever to put together because no. there's so many little pieces. I will say no to that. I have built two or three of these in my lifetime, and while is it weird, I had to build uh, the stupid little bushwhackers. I probably ruined three of those models before I, I actually did it successfully with their little their little strand. The like. So to be fair, I I didn't put those on my bushwhackers. I was like, I don't know what these stupid little effing reeds are, but I'm not putting them on. That was probably a good choice, yeah. Because I, in my opinion, I've, that is the worst model I've ever had to put together for weird. And I put together a lot of models. Yeah, the skeeters um, are pretty bad too. But yeah, I get I get yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But this but, thing is is cool because it's like it's not impressive. It's a totem. Like this is one of those iconic and very stereotypical totems that just do a support thing. They don't do much else. It's probably going to die, so you need to be careful where you put it. <laughs> yeah, and the reason for that is it has the demise explosive too, which we kind of comboed earlier. Like if we put the yeah. mines on, it can go for. It. But the problem is, is the fact that this is a support model that you want near your own. So it's a good target for your opponent to shoot at because if they blow it up, they're going to do some damage to something else usually. Well, because coincidentally, you have to be within two to give out something from the trunk. Yes. Um, and that is the armory ability, which is actually three. Um, it's a three-inch aura. Uh, so again, being careful with your positioning is important. So the armory is useful because if you're out near it and you discard your upgrades, you can discard a card, again, another discard card mechanic, to just instantly equip a different upgrade instead. Very useful, especially if you are if you leap and then you're right next to it, you're going to drop the leap after you land. That's when you drop the upgrade. You drop it while you're right next to the trunk, well, then you can instantly equip a shield or a rocket launcher, and then you can use your actual actions to use those or whatever else. But it's, it's insignificant, so don't expect it to be doing too much um, on that end. And on its other side, it has no attacks. One of the reasons why it's fun to put a rocket launcher. Which is fine. It's fine. Yeah. The abilities it does have is it 
actually has another upgrade attaching ability. Um, it's not as good as one shields. It doesn't have any triggers. Yeah, and you can only do it once per activation. Yes. So if you fail it, you fail it. But it, and it requires a six. You have to have a, at least a six for it to go off. But it it equips uh, an attachment, so pretty easy. The bonus actions on it are where it gets interesting, though. This is where it. Truly... I, I actually like the bonus actions a lot. I think they fit People in a lot of good situations. Them. People forget about them. First of all, you want to talk about condition removing. This is another model that does it. Uh, the first one, you just end the burning condition on a model from two. That's straight up. Boom. Oh, you, Karis, you just stacked 18 burning or whatever stupid number she can do. So it is pretty hilarious, though, because this this action, the fire extinguisher, reminds me of like Iron Man where, you know, Tony Stark's kind of on fire a little bit. Oh, and yeah. then this random robot just gets the fire extinguisher and just douses him with it. Yep, and that's pretty much what happens. It doesn't do anything else; just puts out the burning. But I've had that be so useful in oh, yeah, so clutch. many situations. Um, it doesn't cost any resources either. It's it's just good. The second one is also a bonus: is emergency surrender. Um, and again, both of these are actually friendly only, so I don't know why you would want to target an enemy usually. But hey, it's there. I guess that actually works for like mind control and stuff as well. But the target heals one, two, three. Um, you do need a five for this to go off, but if it goes off, it also ends poison. So there's some yep. poison control. For facing that, you know, blasted experimental crew, which is another one of the Reser players local that he plays that one. Yeah, I, I found that the poison's good, but the fire extinguisher I've been using more just because the new Draken troop, you can give people burning. Yes, and get that's rid of true. Others. That is true. Yes, I will get there and I'll, and I'll talk about how that model changed. But yep. also, this thing is a healer, it's a one, two, three healer. So Von Schill brings a heal. His totem brings a heal. So, I mean, it heals Von Schill one, really two, three, four. <laughs> yes. Um, so, again, it's really good. So that's the totem. The totem, it's just kind of good in the background. It's just yep. doing some stuff to help the crew out. And it's a two soul stone utility model. So, what are some models that I, I and we talked about this kind of beforehand because we were talking about kind of lists and different models that you like. But what are some models where it's like you find most times I am bringing these models almost all the time? I am always taking Hannah. That is my number one pick. And second to that is Arik. And Arik, I used to experiment not taking him. I haven't actually left him at home in a long time. Starting with Hannah, the reason is that she brings a the ever-important Arcane Reservoir. Yep. People are like, oh, it's just one more card. When you're in a crew that has very little extra card draw, you have more card cycling than anything else, and you have discard effects, that's huge, actually. Yeah. Um, it's really kind of needed in a lot of spots. Her other abilities on her front, uh, counterspell, armor, she's got good willpower, average stats otherwise. Siphon power is where she starts to hit utility. This yeah. is the, uh, another theme in Freycore. They have a lot of models who have a way to guarantee suits. This matters because there are a lot of the triggers on the equipment and other abilities. That That's where you get your flexibility, your ability to control what you can do. She can ping models herself or others nearby, and she adds the suit to the action. This allows her, let me flip to the other side, to do some ridiculous damage. Yeah, she really does, really does some ridiculous things. So on that, starting with that, uh, I'm going to start with her second ability first, because then I'm going to talk sure. about the ridiculous one. The second uh, attack list on her card is uh, Ancient Words, which if you've ever faced Terra, it's 
going to be reminiscent of that. It's an 8-inch basically magic attack that has the Glimpse the Void trigger. So she'll force you to do a simple duel or you're going to be buried. It re rarely comes up. It's basically something that she can do at range if she wants to do something from range. And if you have a tome, then it puts a little bit of hand pressure on the opponent often. And it might re remove a model from the area that you don't want to be in there. It kind of depends yeah, on... I found, I found myself doing that one, Brian, mostly when they either have very little cards or they have no cards. Yes. And, and it's like, yeah, let's, yep. let's see if we can get this model yep. off the table. Which, in a little bit, I'll talk to you about how this crew can tax the hand. And I'll, I'll discuss that when we come to crew builds, because that's a yep. very specific build. But the other uh, attack on here is her melee. A lot of people are like, oh, she looks like she should be a two-inch melee. While I agree she looks like it, this would be problematic. Yeah. Uh, this would be very problematic. She's got a one-inch uh, six with a built-in tome. And it's a two-four-six. Well, that's pretty good for a beater, right? Not too bad. To start, that's a very good basis. It's the built-in tome gives her a sweeping strike as a trigger, which is an AoE blast. That makes it, okay, this starts to get really good. Her crow trigger is delayed. It's like, yeah, okay, give him slow, sure. But she gets critical strike, meaning that she can very easily, with a ram, become a 3-5-7, or with siphon power in a ram, become 4-6-8. Yeah. And we're not done yet. Nope, not done. If you manage to red joker this, that all of a sudden becomes a 9 and to explain how she can reach a 10 damage top end, I have to explain her tactical ability. Yep. It's a bonus action. It takes a 6 to go off, 8-inch range. It's, um, you can target any friendly Freycore models. Uh, this crew likes its Freycore models. It doesn't splash in a lot of outside keyword. So you target one of... You take one of their tactical actions. It can't attach upgrades or list models by name. So... Um, you have to pay attention to what's going on there. But it can take the action. If it was a bonus action, it can still be done. The reason why this is a big deal is because Arik, and I'm just going to flip to the back of his card real fast to explain this, he has a tactical action charge up. It doesn't require any cards, no resources, nothing. He just picks an ability to go off. He either increases his, sh uh, he either uh, makes it to where whenever he's hitting melee, he does damage back. He give, gives a little buff to his shockwave. But what Hannah likes to copy is the charged fists. Yeah. What it does is it makes her uh, melee attacks do plus one damage, and she can push the models uh, up to two inches away from her when she hits them. This makes it to where if you have the golden scenario, which, by the way, happens more often than you think it might. True. Where you are cheating in a red joker on the damage with a ram, this ability copied, and siphon for another ram. So in what, 10 damage? 10 damage, it's a 10 damage top end, but that means it's a minimum of six damage. Well, the jo the Joker is only plus one on the severe. No, it's plus, uh, it's a plus one severe. Yes, that's true. So you'll be a minimum, uh, you'd be a minimum five if you didn't, no. Yeah, yeah minimum min, five, min five seems red. good. Minimum five if you didn't flip the red. Uh, but red turns it into a top end 10 damage, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's one of the high, I don't, I don't. I know that there's another model or two in the game who can reach there. I just don't know who it is. But see, the thing is, though, I think some of those other models that can do a lot of damage like that also have to have a couple of like other situations, they like much hazardous terrain or something yes. else. 
yes, this at most takes her health, a soul stone, and um, Eric being Eric. within six or yeah. eight. And without yeah, the red Joker, that's a top end nine. Like, yeah, that's that's huge. It's not that hard. And on that adaptive tactic, she does have a trigger to end a condition on the target. More condition removal. So there are. She's really freaking good. Um, I never leave home without her. She's ten points. And the shocking thing is, segueing over, is I all, pretty much always pay another 10 points immediately <laughs> yeah. to include art. So I will say, I, I don't care. I'm spending 20 stones on these two every time. I don't care what it is. Yeah. They're both just good. And I know there's some matchups where Eric, especially if there's irreducible damage, Eric's probably not worth the 10. But well, that is actually debatable. Um, and it's because of one of his front card abilities. So first of all, he's one of the only models with armor 2+, but it comes on average stats. Fives across the board, just not very good for defenses. He relies heavily on his his armor. And yeah. only 8 health, too. So got to be careful putting him in the wrong spot. He will get chipped down or with the wrong uh, opponent. They'll ignore his defenses and just eat him. Yep. But his second ability... Is gravity well? Yeah. Uh, up until the la the most recent book, it's only the second instance of it in the game. I think the the new book in the uh, Teary. I think Teary adds a a third instance and in her keyword. But this makes it to where the enemy cannot place models within an aura of six around him, and he's on a forty millimeter base. Yeah, it's big. And people don't understand how important that is. That is a massive like almost a 12 inch zone, you can't place things. And when you pay attention to the movement in Malifaux, there are a ton of effects that rely upon place. Uh, summoning models, flight, Flying. leap, all these abilities like um, Pigapult. <laughs> he has rails. denied Ulix Pigapults um, or Wong Pigapults, the, the whole blasting and all that. He's yeah. denied pig bolt uh, maximum effects because you can't drop the pig. Like, yep. sure, you can you can shockwave me, but Ark's a bad target to shockwave because of his next ability, kinetic amplifier. If you hit me with a blast, shockwave, or pulse, I can discard a card to gain focus plus one. Like he that that is more important than blast resistance. Like that makes it to where I can all of a sudden turn these nasty pulses and whatever else that certain crews have a lot of into some really good resources. Um, his second, or not second, but his uh, last ability on his front of his card is Diving Charge. You're not locking him down. He's going to run into your face, and he's going to start smashing, and he can run right out if he needs to. It's not as good on the low end. It's, it's okay, but Eric has the same thing, where his high-end damage on his enhanced fist is just pretty yes. ridiculous. And he has a way to get there more reliably. Um, his enhanced fist is uh, two four six, but if you remember his bonus action he has, he can make that a, a three five seven. Yep. Um, so automatically, he's the first uh, minimum three beater automatically because he doesn't take any resources to do that. It's just a bonus action and attack. That's yep. base. Hannah at least takes some health to do that, uh, or a card or whatever else. But he has armor piercing as a trigger. So there's a couple models that can reduce armor. You'll find that's actually a weakness of the crew. They don't have a lot of uh, resistance ignoring abilities. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the few. But he has the puncture trigger. So all of a sudden, you're, especially with how much focus this crew can get, 
uh, and you'll see that later, it is very easy to, at the very minimum, be on a straight flip where you can cheat in those severes. But often I'm flipping two cards, taking whichever one I want. Yeah, I find on most swings, I'm doing either five or seven damage. Yes. Um, once in a while, you'll you'll get a three in there just because sometimes you'll get they'll get a hot flip against yep. you and you'll be on an egg and that's fine. But yeah, most times you're getting moderate with him yep. of five. One of my top table games, I played at a tournament. I felt really bad. Every once in a while, I've, um, I love my my local game group to where sometimes I do, I legitimately do feel bad sometimes about playing some degenerate methods. And in this one, it was one of the first activations of the of the game. It was first turn. I rocket booted up. He had moved a Widow Weaver up. I was in perfect range to charge through the terrain to get within melee. And I I just, he wasn't able to flip stones enough to save the Widow Weaver. Like his first activation, he he ate the Widow Weaver alive. Uh, Cause he, he hit the punctures, he hit those high ends and just destroyed her. You do have to be careful. If you use leap to get him in a position, you cannot use his charge up because leap yeah. is a bonus action. Pay attention. His second attack, I have used a couple times, but it's very negligible. It's a etheric grenade. It's another shockwave. And you'll notice that there's going to be several of these in the crew. Uh, and it does damage, and his little bonus ability can make it to where it also will get distracted. So, yeah, I mean, I, I found myself yeah. using that very, not really a lot, because if I want to, if I'm at range for some reason, it's like, okay, why not put a rocket launcher on him, you know? You know what's really good for that, though? Uh, summons. Because a lot of times summoners will group up a lot. And That's a lot true. of times, uh, especially weak summons, usually weak summons, it's very easy to get multiple of them out. Uh, with his Bright ether, he can have it up to a Shockwave 3. So that is a massive area that that Shockwave is hitting. Um, and I don't I don't care what is it, it's hitting movement. As a uh, target number 13, you're, if you care about keeping your models undamaged and uh, without being distracted, it's going to tax your hand. Again, situational. But, don't but that's that's that. a, that's the theme of the crew, right? Is that there's yeah. a spot for almost everything yeah. on their cards. So many of these models have an ability that they're going. Well, that's kind of nice, but I mean, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's just there's stuff all over their cards. That's pretty much as far as like the models that I'm like. Let's auto include these. The I only agree. the only other I would say I almost always bring is probably a free core engineer. I almost yes. always bring one. I didn't use to, but the more you play her, the more you find how she's just really 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 good in the crew yeah um i will agree she's not necessary i do play without her from time to rare time but she she's a very basic minion uh six cost you'll notice there's very few cheap stuff in this crew it's not a, it's not a cheap crew my average number is seven models um, so usually playing a model down for my opponent at least she's got sabotage so if she kills a construct she drops a scheme marker I think that has happened to me once. Yeah, I haven't had it happen yet. <laughs> yeah, I and I'm not. I think it only happened because I was playing against um, Mei Fang. Fair. That's the only reason that happened. But tools for the job. Anyone who's played with tools for the job knows how good that is, especially when you have on the last flip managed to flip the last card, being the red Joker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the game. I mean, just the game that I played today. So if you haven't played a tools for the job crew, usually you kind of, that's your flexible 
uh, activation that turn where you're like, okay, when there's a severe, I can then activate and then that's when when they're going to go. But today it was the initiative flip and it was a 13. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to my engineer first and just pick it up. And there's nothing worse for the opponent too to see that. And then you go, I'm going to do tools of the job. They're just going crap. Or you could be the person where it's like, I've seen it. And may, not necessarily for the engineer all the time, but there are times I've done it with the engineer where you cheat in the red joker for initiative and then you go, okay, I'm going to activate the engineer and pick that back up. Yes. Um, yes, that has absolutely happened. Um, and again, tools of a job allows you to discard a card, but that card means that they're going to have that suit on everything. Yeah, so that's the another model that you can decide what triggers you're going to be getting. Adding to this cruise versatility with those equipment, just really, really good. Um, this is probably actually one of the be- one of the ones I do put grenades on a lot because they tend to be so supportive with their AP that uh, they don't do a ton, honestly, offensively. But keeping some of the AP to quickly run over somewhere and use a bonus action to toss that grenade is really yeah. useful. But on their their uh, flip side, I'm just going to kind of do a quick gloss over their attacks because their attacks are kind of secondary. Don't ignore them. They're both tier two, three, fives. Melee has armor piercing, can give injured, depending on the triggers. Um, it's got a clockwork revolver with crit strike, so it's yep. not to be sneezed at. But where she's valuable is her strength and armor. Hell it's yeah. A, it's card cycling. You have to discard a card first. Even if this fails, you got to discard a card. So if you are empty in your hand, you can't do it. Hand management. If yep. you've only got one card, it's card cycling. Hand management. You discard that card as the cost. You flip it. Hopefully you get it. Um, otherwise, it takes a five. You're given a model shielded. More shielded for the crew. More durability. This also means that they've got a shielded upgrade that stacks. So it's a lot harder to remove that upgrade off that model. If it's a Freycore model, which most of the time it will be, uh, they could draw the card. There's the card cycle. And if it's a construct, it heals one. Arik, Hannah, Von Schill, Steam Trunk. Lazarus, all constructs in some way or form. Yep. Um, so it triggers off of them. And with Tiri coming in, there's been a lot of discussion. She has a lot of constructs. This model is likely going to be splashed into the Tiri crew. So be aware of it if you're facing Freycore. You're probably going to see this model more often. But her, uh, so she's just very good utility. Her triggers on there are preparations, giving focus, so another source of focus. Um, or she can give a model concealment on a uh, mask. Yeah, I feel like most times I'm when I do tools for the job, I'm discarding a low tome to get the auto focus built in. Yeah, we've got. It's usually I in my experience, it's usually a tome or ram. Yeah. Ram if I'm planning on shooting with my pistol because I automatically have a built-in ram. So like if I've got like a a, a one to five on a ram, I want to discard it for that because then it's like okay, I'm going to have profit on this no matter what I do or that absolutely the tone for focus one or armor piercing on um, melee. Yeah. So I mean, so, but don't disregard the concealment. Something that Freycore tends to not be able to do much against is crews that are very good at supporting each other. You got to kill their support models, but a very, very fun thing to do is give concealment to your own models against manipulation based crews, because then your models are so much harder to control. Yeah, that's a major weakness of this crew, um, and I very much consider her concealment when I'm facing that kind of an effect. 
Yeah, because there's nothing worse than, you know, somebody obeying your beaters to do moderate to severe damage with focus on your own stuff. Arc is a willpower of five. Hannah, I'm less worried about because she's a, will, a high willpower. So. Arc is a willpower of five. You're going to control them, obey them, make them charge out of whatever melee they're in. And, oh, man, it can be devastating. All right. And we actually, for the free core, we have... So that's the first minion that I'm like, yeah, I really like that one. But there's four other minions, five if we count the cattle and riflemen. So we got the regular free core men. We got a free core scout, trooper, and librarian. So out of all those other minions, what do you like about them? We won't go through all their cards, but if you want to just give us like one or two things about each one that you kind of like, just to give people an idea okay. of where you might see them. I'm going to save the librarian for last because she actually has to be talked about in my strategy as far as uh, her role. Whenever okay. I'm building a crew, I don't care what crew I'm building. Every model has a job, a role they play. Freight Corps have a lot of flexibility in that, but they're still roles. Arik is a zone denial aggressor. He has his gravity well, and he does tons of damage. He's hard to remove. He's great at zone denial. There was a lot of the um, uh, center contesting. He was a favorite choice of mine. Yep. Hannah is the powerful Swiss Army knife. That's the reason why she's always there. She's good at everything. When it comes to the uh, engineer, increase survivability and utility while still having useful AP. And that's one of the reasons why actually, we'll, when we talk about the Yonic strategy, why she's in important there. For these other models, I'm gonna go through, leave the librarian for last, but I'll go through the others. The Draken Trooper is another utility model based on what you're facing. He's good for removing non-burning. He gives you burning actually, but he's good for removing conditions that are non-burning and he's good at, bur at removing uh, destructible stuff. Um, and he's got AOE damage that targets move. Uh, he's another zone denial piece. He's an aggressor zone denial. If you're facing a crew that you know is going to have things that like super high stats on defenses, triggers on defenses, or he's good because he targets their movement. Very yep. rare. I actually don't think anything has a trigger on a movement. I don't think there's anything special about him. Otherwise, I need to throw him there. He can manipulate enemy models a little bit just because yeah. of his stuff. But other than that, he he's there to remove stuff. He's a utility denial of sorts. The Freight Corpsman and the Freight Corps Scout perform very similar roles in my strategy. A lot of people don't like one or the other, depending on your kind of school of thought. Freight Corps Scout costs one more, but is the iconic sniper. In M2E, it had the ability to discard focus and gain the extra range. Due to the amount, uh, due to the way that the mechanics work now in M3E, they took that away. But he still ignores basically everything. He ignores concealment, friendly fire. Um, his gun ignores cover. You can put rocket launchers on him. And the rocket launcher, because the uh, advanced sights is on the base model, the rocket launcher then ignores concealment and friendly fire. Yeah. So these are where these combos come into play. Pursue on him also makes door. He's really good at hunting models. The problem is he's squishy. And his uh, biggest tactical strength is also the double-edged knife or the, the, the knife's edge to where you can misplay him and get him killed. From the Shadows allows you to position. This crew at its base is not known for its excessive mobility. It has mobility. Boots are mobility. But it's a resource you end up having to use up. If you're yeah. not discarding it, you're discarding health off a of Freycormen. You have to be careful. 
the scout allows you to position forward without spending the resources. People have the mentality a lot of times with this type of model to position them so far forward that they're threatening enemies immediately. But that means your enemies can quickly threaten him and he's unsupported. Yeah. It's better used. I like it in flank or corner, particularly corner. Actually, the strategy specific. Actually, there's multiple now that put markers on the center lines. I like to put them over near the edge. He's got a 14-inch yeah. gun. He can still threaten a lot. My last game against Zip, <laughs> uh, the the my opponent forgot that he base ignores cover and Zip you no know, generates the the concealment around him. So I I actually read Joker the damage on Zip, and uh, <laughs> I didn't Poor kill Zip. him. I didn't kill him, but I left him on three health to where he had to run away. Oh yeah, and uh, so he's really useful there, but he does he lacks flexibility. He's very specific as far as his role. He does have quick retreat, which allows him to get out of melee, but otherwise you want him where he can shoot and threaten. He's zone denial schemer. That's his role, zone denial schemer. The Freycormen is a little bit more flexible. Uh, it's just an all-round good model, but it's importantly a source of Ruthless, yeah. one of the very few sources in the faction. Another thing you can do to kind of neuter outcasts is bring terrifying um, or manipulative because there's not a lot of Ruthless. Freycore, the one exception, they have the Ruthless models. Ruthless, survivalist, um, and uh, equipment training. He basically holds on to equipment. It's important for Von Schild 2 because Von Schild 2 is not as good about handing it out at will. Yeah. These guys in Von Schild 2 can hold on to the equipment. They've got the Clockwork Revolver with Critical Strike, so they're just a good all-round minion. Their reference to the field guide is a tax on your hand to get the suit you need, but again, another model that can guarantee the suit as long as you have the right card in hand. So flexibility um, all out. And I have to talk about the Rifleman here. because the Yeah, rifleman... I was going to say, because, I mean, granted, I haven't been talking to a lot of Von Schill players, but a lot of the people I've been talking to and recently, because you, you told me about the Rifleman, you know, probably about a week ago. And I told that to a couple people like, yeah, that actually seems pretty good in Von Schill. Well, you think about it, he's in, in Von Schill 1. Von Schill 2, it's more questionable. Von Schill 1, they're a minion. You can give them to, and even Von Schill 2, you can technically give them the equipment with the trunk, but I think it's a little bit more of a waste. Von Schill 1, they're a minion. If you don't need a mobile minion, someone who can hang back, you can give them equipment. They can use it. They have a good ranged gun that can apply debuffs. They can still do good damage on their basic rifle, which, again, it ignores cover, um, and they ignore friendly fire. So you're getting a better aggressive minion than you are at range than you are with a standard Freycormen. And you can the, also throw out stun with that gun. Not only stun, but they have price of progress. Another model that builds into the Freycore theme of I can choose my suit. Yeah. Um, we were discussing uh, before the recording that throwing the grenades on him, like let's say you're facing breakthrough and you you're thinking... I bet you with his diver that he's sending my way, he's got breakthrough. You wait to use cattle and riflemen, but you give the cattle and riflemen that grenade. You use price of progress and also burn to a crisp the, the scheme markers and he can't score it. Yep. Um, very versatile model. Um, I don't really find the stand and fire works for this yeah. crew very much, but it's there. And then they can interact with, by discarding a card as a bonus. I have found that actually is really useful with... Oh, I'm still not as good. Carve a path. Because 
something that when we talk about the Yonic engine, this crew does not have good scheme marker dropping uh, efficiency. Interacts are a weakness of this crew. Yeah, that does shore up a little bit of that. Um, so those are like those three: the Freycorman, the Freycorps Scout, and the Cattleman. Those are my three options for general scheme runners. Um, that are actually going to have that job of whatever the scheme is. You're out there to interact and do things. That's generally why they're there, in one capacity or another. The other minion uh, that I have to talk about, with in addition to another versatile, is the Freycorps Librarian. The reason why I have to talk about another versatile is this model is my healer, and I actually use the hodgepodge, both effigy and emissary, in this slot, depending on what the need is. Yeah. The librarian is really useful because she's got shield and armor, so she's tough. She has siphon power. Again, another thing to guarantee the suits. She has ancient words, so the same thing Hannah has, except it doesn't have the berry trigger, at, with surge. So she like I'm blasting at you with a 2-4-5 attack, that draws me cards. Very useful. She can move your other minions around. She can heal. That heal is the most important part to me. Yeah. But she's seven soul stones. Yeah, it's a little pricey for a healer sometimes. If I can't afford seven soul stones, I drop down to a hodgepodge effigy. I'm one of the people who actually really like the hodgepodge effigy. So will you bring the effigy without the upgrade then? Yes. Uh, if I'm bringing the effigy in this crew, I'm not bringing the upgrade. Oh, okay. Um, I, the reason why I'm bringing the effigy is because I'm wanting a discount healer. If I'm bringing a six soul stone so healer... So you're, look, you're looking to save like just straight up three. It's like, I don't need to save one. I want all three. Yes, but this crew gets so much value out of healing that I can't not bring that healer. When you're looking at uh, resource economy in Malifaux, you're looking, a lot of people think about soul stones. They're thinking about um, cards in hand. But you also got to think about actions and health health well if you've ever played magic the gathering certain decks use your life as a resource and as yeah, long as you don't hit zero decks. yeah as long as you don't hit zero you're fine right yeah, and i think think we've seen at least what three or four models now that can ping themselves damage for benefit and three or four models that can ping heals when you have armor and add on top of that shielded every point of healing is going to be at least worth two and yeah. on Von Schill 1, or on the Freycormen, who have Survivalists as well, that's actually going to be even more. Yeah. So healing is incredibly important. It's the reason why um, facing the Hanged can be a problem. Because they can shut, they can, well, they reduce healing with their aura. And same thing when you're facing Jedza, when I was, she can give you headaches because she punishes healing. And yeah, you, healing, have to be, you have to be very situational where you put your healing. But I will use the Effigy if I need a discount healer. The Librarian is my base standard. I basically start with the Librarian and I go from there. The Hodgepodge, the Emissary, fills its own role in addition to being a healer. It's the premium healer, but I only bring it if I need to use its other options. Because it's the one model in the, in the faction that's super divisive. You'll find people who's like, oh, I love that. I always use it. Other people are like, that thing's garbage. It's not worth 10 stones. Sell me on this a little bit because you're already bringing two 10 stone models and now yeah, you're you talking about a third? a third. 30 points so, in three models. And don't be wrong, the hodgepodge is really good. All right. Sell me on it a little bit though. All right. So, hodgepodge. When you're playing the hodgepodge, it gives you the emissary, gives you a couple benefits. First of all, it's got good stats. It is six and six, very defensible, respectable. Sure. 
its aura makes it to where it's actually movement five. Not slow, you know. It's fine. It's manipulative, so it's generally defensible for the most part. Hard to kill, whatever. Healing draws. Everything near it will passively heal one. Yeah. Um, if I'm playing Von Schill one, this uh, is more likely to come into play, and it's just brutal to, to try and deal with if you're actually trying to do some damage. Um, but the rest of the crew benefits from it just as much. It's passive healing you don't spend actions for. It's fantastic. On his back, he has another, he has that heal, that same action, that one, two, three heal. But then he can give the upgrades. The thing with the hodgepodge emissary, you have to be planning to use at least two of its options for it to be worth 10 soul stones. If you don't, if you only have him in there for the healing, he's not worth it. You can bring the, the librarian and get this, get the same basic thing. However, the upgrades on it, Vitality Potion giving regen. So Von Schill just healing straight up two when he activates. Actually, if he's close enough, three. So one thing, if I'm looking at a more spread out board, uh, I will use this hodgepodge because the hodgepodge has a couple mobility tricks. And I'll explain the second one in a minute. First of all, Von Schill goes to movement seven when starting yep. next to him. It's not terrible. Not not terrible, especially when you can't lock him down in melee. Uh, throw <laughs> Vitality Potion on him, and all of a sudden, he becomes super self-sufficient. You don't have to worry about him dying nearly as much. Yeah. Then you have Pretty Floral Bonnet. Remember how I said that this crew has some problems with Interax? This crew also likes to fight. You get into a fight, and all of a sudden, this crew who doesn't have drop marker abilities needs a way to drop scheme markers in very specific scenarios. It's le less often used for me because I purposefully don't choose schemes that require me to drop scheme markers. Yeah, but the one that I'm eyeballing is Memento because there are some dirty situations mm -hmm. where you mm -hmm. can really get some like big, just I'm going to beat the bejesus out of you with my two beaters there. Yes, absolutely. Um, it is Even one. Your companion's good. And people are like, but you're already starting down. You're giving them activation advantage. I'm like, this won't be activation advantage. Yeah, but if I kill like two models in like two or three models in two activations, it's like, worth it. Oh, it is so brutal. Like, I don't care which models you pair them with. If at least one of these activations is Arik or Hannah, you are most likely going to either almost kill, but you should kill one model. If you've been able to, it, well, it's it's not game. even just kill one model. You should kill one good model. Like you're, and this is one thing I'll talk about more when we get to the negatives or the counterplays. This this crew likes to kill elite, specialized, high price stuff. It doesn't like killing these little summons or these little crap things as much. Say that, but I'll address that too. Sure. Okay. But anyway, so you're selling me a little bit on the emissary. What else you got there? So he heals, he attaches the upgrades. Um, and he actually can heal extra. He can heal two, three, uh, four. So he's better. The thing people I need to bring him in for is dropping scheme markers. And you'll find this is also a common use with the Yonic engine, which is expensive. Uh, remember yeah. I said that sometimes, you know, you kind of lock yourself in. When we talk about Yonic in a little bit, I'll explain one of the key builds. But he pushes you up three inches, and then you drop a scheme marker. It's wonderful for those. There are several schemes that if you take them as a freight core, hodgepodge becomes really, really useful because you need to be able just to drop the marker. And, and I'll get to those when we talk about what schemes and things you like to take. 
Yeah, I was going to say the um, the time I look at bringing the hodgepodge that I can see with Von Schill potentially is leave your marks always good. There's a couple other ones, but that's the main one. And the strategy is the killy one where it's just like, yeah, you're not going to kill many things in this crew with the hodgepodge kicking around. So the one thing people always forget, and it pisses off anyone I use it against, you have a ranged attack that's 10 inches. Yeah, you get to throw junk. It's not just 10 inches. It's stat 6 with a built-in delay to where you give them slow. Yep. It doesn't do a lot of damage. You don't need it to. This model is really good. But if you don't use him right, he's a waste of soul stones. If you yeah, leave, I, him in your agree. Backfield, leave him in your backfield next to a single model, he's a waste of soul stones. Bring the effigy. If you yeah. have him midfield to where he's providing mobility, healing passively, putting his upgrades where they need to be, and attacking to suppress enemies, reducing action economy of your opponent against a crew that needs extra actions to kill yeah. will debilitate them. If they don't have someone like Serena Bowman to remove conditions, you hit their major beater with slow, and it, you will see a drastic drop in their efficiency in dealing with your models. Because um, a lot of times, even for a dedicated beater, it takes minimum two attacks to kill a Francor model, even the minions. So Hodgepodge is really good. Is he always needed? No. But he's absolutely been in games to where it's like, yeah, without that Hodgepodge, I would not have been able to survive what I survived. Yeah. Um, and he's just really solid. Um, yeah, I think definitely recognizing where you, you need that. And we'll we'll definitely get into the schemes here in a little bit. But the last two models that we have to choose from for the keyword, now that we've kind of gone through the minions and kind of your roles for them, are we have the awesome robot Lazarus, which is a sad robot sometimes, and then yeah. also the metallurgist. So One of the um, coolest models. I have the alt model, and I love the way I have him painted up. He's got some really cool art done, like freehand art and stuff on his face, and a really cool like graffiti rose on his, uh, his gun. He looks so cool. And if you bring him, you're doing something very specific. <laughs> Shockwaves? Yes. I'm going to come back to him after the Metallurgist because I feel like he fits kind of into the... Uh, we're talking about specific builds. Because I think he fits only in really one build. Yeah, and, and talking about the Metallurgist, the main reason that... There's two reasons that I usually bring the Metallurgist. One is because of Enchanted Steel. So it's like, hey, you can't reduce my armor. Which will come um, up a lot, especially with Eric. <laughs> the addition of the Meller just made those bad matchups for Eric way more survivable. Yep. The word and then the other much more the other reason that I bring her actually there's three is vent steam if I feel like I need concealment against you know incoming guns, and then the last one is I know you said it wasn't a big deal, but blasts, shockwaves, and pulses, especially if I know I'm going against like black blood, um, even though you probably got enough shielding to deal with that situational and this is actually where she shines she is a model to where i don't think she's an include everywhere Let's, some people like oh i always bring the the yeah, uh, i don't always bring thing. her but where you bring her she if you know where to That's bring good. her she will always have value uh against marcus uh marcus two barcus i guess i don't remember who termed barcus i love that term but you know how he generates um difficult terrain around him, hazardous terrain Oh, all of a sudden you're you're ignoring. You don't care. Your armor reduces it to zero. Who yep. cares? 
all these different things, she really enables that extra tool bag of survivability. Um, and you're talking about that concealment. It also creates hazardous <laughs> terrain, which you yeah, can you, toss into. Yeah, you can pull models into. Yeah. Or damage them. Art punches them after using his thing and he that, pushes them. That's where I've used it. I've like punched a model back into the vent steam and it's like, boom, take an extra damage. Boom, take an extra damage. Yeah. Yes, and that will kill a model. Um, but yeah, she's really good. She can actually, it's funny, if you're playing Henchman Hardcore, totally not related to compet to normal competitive Malfo, but she's the one model in Henchman Hardcore who can attach upgrades. So if you're playing like a Hannah-led Henchman Hardcore, probably a good idea to bring her. Nice. So, because then Hannah becomes super difficult to kill. But yeah, she's good. Um, the command construct is really good in this crew because you have so many constructs. So is that why you would bring the la bring Lazarus with the metallurgist? No, Lazarus is brought for his tools. Um, I never bring one model for another model's sake. If that's the case, that other model is bad. Okay, so you said though that Lazarus kind of worked well with the metallurgist. So yes, he does because um, he can be commanded. Lazarus. The problem with Lazarus is he is speed four, um, so he's slow. You can give him uh, a boost with the, the boots, but I kind of hate doing that. I feel, I feel like I'm wasting that every time. Uh, but he's a turret. He's an armored turret. He can't be um, obeyed, so I, he's good against models like Zoraida um, or other, or uh, like models that command you and obey you yeah. hamlin whatever else that they obey um he's good against that he you can still pull him like you still make him move but he he can't be obeyed so yeah. that's a very big distinction be aware of that he can bodyguard models so he can kind of give cover he's very defensive he is weird because he's super inflexible with what he can do and i feel like that's why he doesn't fit in the rest of the crew as often uh where he shines that really matters is actually his grenade launcher, um, which is his shockwaves. There's a crew style I call the boom crew, which you have to, uh, which we'll go into um, the title master here soon, but it's the title master that can build this out. Because he lets you do like what, an extra damage to a shockwave? Shockwaves, blasts, pulses, yes. Lazarus also has Brando Crisp, but the problem is Lazarus isn't a henchman. So you have to have the card in hand. Um, the nice thing is, as long as you have a six of crow, you can guarantee to have Brando Crisp. But he also has pull on his melee. And again, he doesn't want to be in melee. Like he wants to be sh like popping his thing off uh, for the the shock waves. He has assimilate, but he can't target a master, so he's limited uh, as far as who he can pick with the uh, constructs. He's an awkward model in the crew. He's useful against stealth and concealment crews. So things like Ivan, things like um, Swamp Fiends, good against those kind of crews, or he's good against crews that bubble. And this is why I actually think in the current gaining grounds, his value has gone up because the current gaining grounds encourages grouping up in certain areas. And you can get a lot more valuable, uh, a lot more value without even needing line of sight to start punishing people for grouping up. And that's... yeah. The boom crew strategy, you're blasting, you're pulsing. There are shockwaves all over this crew. Um, and what do shockwaves do to, a, other, to an opponent? They drain the hand. Oh, but it's a simple duel. They have control. Yes, they do. But if you're shockwaving two Run to three models. Run out of cards models, eventually. If you're shockwaving two to three models at a time, sure, P 
people are going to start passing, but they are also going to start flipping high cards. That they're not cheating or not getting to flip on other things, or they flip low cards and they got to cheat from their hand to avoid yeah. damage. And, and somebody who played Wong a lot and who I have played Lazarus in a decent amount of games because I do like Lazarus. Um, when you start putting out massive amounts of simple duels, they're, yes, if they fail it, the bad thing's going to happen to them. So in this case, you know, they're going to take three or four damage depending on how you have it set up. That's the thing. But, it's three but damage the high cards, yeah, and by the high cards, like you're like, oh, they passed it, but they passed it with a 13. That's something that was going to be used for like yeah. punching you in the face. Um, or, uh, yeah, the, the, the other downside of Lazarus is his gun takes a six to go off. Like, I still have to make sure I'm using a six for it to even work. Yeah. So he has some major... He's the one model that's the most situational out of the entire group, but I still think he's useful in those specific spots. And I yeah, want to I mean, love him. If you, if you think about it, like, if you have guard the stash and that's, you're, like, yes. in standard or if you're in wedge... It's like he can almost like start lobbing his grenades as soon as the game starts. And the, you know what's nice about guard the stash with him? He can be near one of your guard the stash markers, and uh, you come close, he just melee pulls you off. Yeah, I was going to say that's another instance of pull to get you on out of there. He's a weird model because the rest of the crew can be aggressive. He has to be defensive. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing to see in the crew, but it's like I said, it still has its role. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point with, especially there's some keywords where it's like your models don't need a role because maybe the keyword just does a specific thing really well. But with Von Schill, I think it was really smart of you to really say like, hey, you have to have a role for some of these models because otherwise you're just, like you said, they're expensive. They need to do something in yes. your list. And now they're flexible. So it's nice that, oh man, uh, I need this model to, re I need Ark to do some scheming. Well, he can jump out of combat and he can get over there. So you do have some flexibility, but having set roles keeps you focused with the high costs. And we haven't even talked about like throwing in uh, the generic upgrades to increase those costs. That's all great. And I think we need to definitely talk here for a minute before we get into the title about Yannick, because I think most people, because of all the discarding in Von Schill 1 and his keyword, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you get, if you have Yannick, you can then have schemes down and then you can draw cards instead of discarding cards. And that sounds great. And I think early on, especially turn one and two, you do get to draw a lot of cards. But you said in most instance, instances, you don't actually bring her. So you kind of want to share your thinking with that because I know a lot of outcast players would string you up for saying that. So for those listening that don't know what the Yonic engine is, um, you bring with Von Schill, and usually I think most people play with Von Schill 1, but it can probably play just as fine with Von Schill 2. It works better with 1, for sure. But you bring in Yonic, who's 7 soul stones. Uh, you bring in 2 engineers, which are 6 soul stones apiece. You've already spent a lot of soul stones on these models. And the idea is, and this is why the hodgepodge can help with this, but the idea with the engineers is their action that causes a discard is a bonus. So you spend one of their normal actions to drop a scheme marker. Yonix Aura makes it to where when you would discard a card, instead you drop a scheme marker near you and then you draw a card. So you're also drawing a lot. However, you've locked in a lot of soul stones into this engine that is taking these resources. I don't like it because this means that I am locking myself into a bubble 
I'm locking myself into something that I want these to do. It's the reason why I kind of shy away from the prospector, because he just stuns and walks a little bit. Stuns and walks a little bit. He really doesn't do anything. It's annoying. Can good cards win you games? To a degree, yes. But I really hate this idea that I'm locking down my entire strategy to this one set list. If I'm already taking 20 soul stones in t my two henchmen, then I'm taking 12, 19 soul stones in these other three models. I have very little room to play and adapt to the rest of the game. I don't play Von Schill to netlist. I play Von Schill to adapt, to feel that strategy yeah. of, oh, I need this situation, I need a Draken Trooper. This situation, a Scout, maybe two. And this is really important. I very rarely play double of a model because I need the slots. I need the room. I, I think the problem with Yannick, so Yannick is good and... Like you were saying, I mean, you're going to draw cards and it's going to feel good and you're going to get some high cards. Sculpting your hand is good. However, the problem, because you already have Von Schill already wants to kind of be in this loose bubble, right? Because yes. you're still passing out. loose bubble. That's a good description. Yes. But, but ingenuity puts you into a really tight and tight positional one. bubble because, yeah, it's six, which seems like a lot. But then the model always also has to be within two of a scheme marker. So you also have to plan for that. So usually the way it kind of looks is like, yeah, you're controlling an area, but it it really locks you in and makes it predictable with what you're going to do. Yes. And when we talk about the strategies of how to counter them, I think that strategy is actually really susceptible to the strongest counter to Freycore. Yeah, and there's just a lot of situations where it's like, you know, you want to be punching stuff in the face. Well, once you get good and your opponents play you enough times or play Von Schill enough times, they're going to realize like, hey, it's not a good idea for me to walk up to Von Schill. So they're going to avoid the crap out of you like happened to me today. And I had to go chasing Rasputina and it didn't work out as well as I wanted to. But if I brought Yannick in that game, she'd be in the back like doing nothing, like drawing cards. Like she'd draw a card. And, and the problem is her gun is too short range. Like, Yeah, that, she that is... That and she's it. another henchman. If you put her in danger where she needs to, she doesn't have good survivability. If you put her in danger where she's got to use soul stones, you drain your resource fast. Like, yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, there are crews that I love Yannick in. Um, well, she's a good in, model. I'm not denying that. In Dead Man Walking, I've brought her before. In Barbaros, I bring her all the time in Barbaros just she because really it does, Black Blood she does some absolutely. really ridiculous things there. And giving some range in that crew's good, but yeah, absolutely. In but but I think, yeah, I think what you said is really interesting where when you were talking about the hodgepodge emissary, you were saying like, if you're doing this one thing, it's probably not worth it. You want to use multiple things on the cards. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like her in Barbaros because yeah, she's doing the card draw thing. But also democratic elections is really good because you can either ping black blood or you can heal, you know, up, up above your hard to kill kind of number. So I, I do think the only other yeah. range attack in that crew is going to be coming from Herodin or the the shamans or whatever, their magic stuff. Like Yeah, and, and I think that's what you need to look at is like, okay, yes, can I draw cards here with her in Von Show One? Yeah. And there's some matchups where it's like that's probably not a terrible thing. But I right. don't think you need to bring her all the time with Von Schill 1. I just yeah. don't think that's productive. And like you were saying, it's kind of net listing. <laughs> and and I'll, as I'll say, I suffer from snowflake syndrome. I want, no way. Like, <laughs> I want, I like to bring a variety of models because I like different models. I think they're all cool and shiny. But two, 
I really, I have this knee-jerk reaction of, oh, a lot of people do this. I'm not going to do it. So especially as soon as Yannick started catching on with a lot of people, I tried it once because I, I, especially with my whole mentality, if I got to play the crew, I got to figure it out. Sure. I played it once. I didn't like the way it felt. Um, but I really have this problem with, oh, you play this crew. I know exactly what you're bringing. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? So if, if you go to a tournament, and I think that's exactly where it's the problem when you're the, the player playing it. And they go, oh, he's playing, playing Von Schill. It's probably the double engineer Yonic list. And you can build and kind of, because that's the thing, like, oh, I got to spend an action to put this scheme down. And if I bring technology to like remove your schemes, it's like, well, now you're wasting more actions just trying to draw cards. And uh, you know what you need to do as the opponent? Just kill the engineer. They're yeah. not that tough. Like, they aren't. Like, yeah, they're freight core durable. And honestly, Yannick's not but, that hard to kill either. No, that's just it. It's you're bringing the squish. Like, I honestly feel even the Freycorman is more durable. The only model that's as squishy in the Freycore crew is going to be the uh, the Scout. They're not there. They will survive against schemers. Schemers can't kill them easily. But if you have an anti-schemer level model, like a seven stone model that has some damage to them, they can chew through them in a turn or two. Like, yeah, it's not going to take much. And if you have more than one model, they're dead. And, and like you said, if you're bringing 19 stones just to draw cards, that's not going to win you games. No. It's like, I'm sorry. No. Um, so let, let's get into my favorite model in the dang crew. Let's talk about Ironheart. This model is oh, sick as far as just looks. He's so freaking cool. I and I love his play style. Like, yes, I'm starting to come around to, I, re I can recognize Von Schill 1 probably is the better version. However, Bonchill One does have his spots, and he's fun to play, and I love him. So I'm sorry, but there are some schemes in this pool that just scream Ironheart. Um, so, in your face is Ironheart all the I, way. I like this version, though, because he's selfishly using the upgrades. He's basically like, cool, I'm going to punch you in the face, but I'm also going to put an upgrade on me, use it, and kick it back to somebody. Yep. But... The cool part is he has foul mouth motivation, which I love, but yep. he can do two bonuses a turn or an yep. activation, I should say. So he's got five AP that he can yeah. use. It's pretty gross sometimes. Yeah, it's 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 it can be rough. And so when when I'm playing with Ironheart, the reason I choose Ironheart is is a couple things. First of all, do I need my master to be the one killing? Um, if you've got in your face, it makes sense. It just makes sense. Cursed objects are another reason why I like bringing him, because he can be, depending on the matchup, sometimes I like the range option of just bombarding he, my opponent. he does have a two-inch reach, which is important. That is, that is insane. 40-millimeter base with a two-inch reach. And Bulldoze, one of his bullet means you can't lock him down either. Like, not quite as good, I think, as the charge, but also sometimes better, because you can Bulldoze multiple times. Yeah, and you can get rid of markers. And it can still generate an attack. Yep. Um, it's he can be really good. He's not as defensible, so you have to be aware in assassinate pools or anything to where you think that they. You don't want to bring him in assassinate because no. he dies. And and he's still durable with armor one, but he no longer has survivalist. Um, you almost feel like you're going to be forced to put shielded on him. The oh, that's the first upgrade I put on him. And the thing is, though, is you can't kick shielded off normally um, on your own. You have to let your opponent do it, so you can't kick yep. someone else. So there are some limitations to him. 
he fits a a style and a role he is a beater if you want another beater without having to spend soul stones he's the one you bring in now oh yeah but his upgrade mechanic is is different whereas von Schill one actively gave them out his is passive to where i put it on me and if it falls off it goes to someone else it's efficiency but that means you have to understand the order of activation when it comes to actions and so yeah. there's a deep there's more complication to it i think to play well um but he's a three four six on his damage and he has a de- he has sweeping strike three four six being able to blast in melee is huge on a two inch melee and I, I will say, and that's why I like this version, because there's often times where, you know, I'll do foul mouth motivation, I'll slap a rocket launcher on myself, I'll then shoot the rocket launcher and pass it to somebody and then charge in and swing twice. Yes, because then, you, yeah, you hit adaptive armor and then you're putting... Uh, and more... let us not forget that if you have rocket boots on, you could go in after doing that and then you can punch and then rocket boots out back to safety yes yes you could and that yes that's fun one of my favorite strategies with him is his explosive payload strategy it's what i call the boom crew and this is what i referenced earlier is this um, when you bring lazarus uh yeah <laughs> this is the closest thing i do to net decking because uh this list is pretty set for what i bring i bring in um hannah definitely i think i still that yeah i bring in arik because he's still got his blast or his shockwave. Um, I bring in a Draken Trooper, and I bring in Lazarus. And then I've got Von Schill, and I've got my Steam Trunk. So I have, there's my uh, six models, and I have a little bit of room for a healer. Um, and actually, if you if you can squeeze in the, um, what's her face? Uh, Librarian, she's got a, a blast on hers that she can do. Sure. Uh, so you're all about blasting. That's what it is, blasts and pulses. He, the explosive payload, it does, it's a shockwave. It's defense 14. So that's actually a really good thing to try and tax them with. Yeah, that's that's a high defense. And the thing is, is if they fail it, it only does a plink of damage, but then they take extra damage from every other blast area of effect type source. And he has a trigger on there to give severe injury. Yeah. You have to be careful because some some, uh, of the simple duels that this crew can do, some of them are defense, some of them are move. Injured does not affect move. So, but it will affect the defense ones. Yeah, the only one that's a that's a nombo with is the uh, Draken Troop. Yeah, but I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, and so usually what that looks like is usually you'll throw expen- expensive payload or sorry, explosive payload on something like a group of them, and then you can either bulldoze or charge in, and then hit a couple times with heavy claws, do whatever couple bonus attacks you yeah. want. You can even put the grenade launcher. Is it? No, it's not grenade launcher. What is it? It's uh, yeah. No, what's the one with the? Oh, it is. It's a grenade belt. A grenade belt. Yeah, because it's got glass on there. Yeah. Yeah, you could even do that if you want. So there's a lot of cute combos that you can do, and I I think you would want to do that boom list if you know that you're playing a master that likes to huddle up. Huddle up. Um, if you know if like if all the schemes and everything like center fight. Like, yeah, you can really kind of force that and punish that. Um, the tactical action bulldoze is actually really flexible because Hannah can copy it. Yep. Um, someone pointed out Malfoy Child can copy it, and I just thought that was a funny image. But uh, he, Hannah can copy this, so you can have two, uh, you can have a 40 millimeter, 50 millimeter marker pushing through things, making move duels, doing damage, giving them staggered. 
And then with a RAM, which she can give her, Hannah can give herself a RAM easily, all of a sudden you're getting melee attacks. This crew, yeah, this this master, he enables an entirely different style of aggressive play. Um, I love yeah, it. And, and I think the other, the last two reasons that I really like this version of Von Schill is one, once again, if you see a lot of terrifying, he it's just ruthless. has ruthless. But the other one is the whatever Captain well, Soldier Kapitan. gang. I can't, I yeah, can't say that again. Yeah, say that but, again. Uh, it's Soldier Captain. It's it's Soldier Captain. Um, but you ignore negatives with anything he's engaging. Any negative flips. Uh, luck Thief. That is the most stupid defensive ability in the game to me. And he get engaged them and no one cares. Yep. Uh, now, be careful if you've got a luck thief and you do this, you will have to understand your positives still get reverted to negatives. Yep. So you're always at a straight flip instead. Yep. That is the difference. And it's just on the attack. So if something targets them and they're giving you negatives on the damage or whatever, this only affects the attack flip. That's it, the, the actual targeting them attack flip. Um, but it's yeah. still ridiculously good. I do find it ironic that this version of Von Schill looks like he's all mecked up and armored, and he's just easier to kill than Von Schill 1. Did you read the, the fluff as to what happened? I didn't, know. Hamlin plagued him. Hamlin got him sick, and so he's essentially in a iron lung suit. Ah. Uh, it's basically the, the arc uh, suit. Uh, it's kind of a, a form of that. So that is keeping him alive. And now he's leading from the front. <laughs> like, the, it's actually funny. The current model uh, of Vanshal 1 has a robotic arm and leg. Uh, that's because Rasputina. Rasputina froze him. And his crew got him out of the ice, but he lost his arm and leg from it. And he's had a rough go, huh? Yes, yeah. The original Von Schill is completely human, whereas the uh, Von Schill in M3E is a cyborg. Yeah, because uh, the old, so I have the old, I guess it's a 2E version of Von Schill, and he has his regular arms fine. and stuff. Yeah, that's fine. And so, yeah, he's leaping up, and yeah. Um, the other thing I don't think that we can forget, just as a quick mention, because particularly against Pandora or other stun-based crews, he can't gain stun. He can do two bonuses a turn. They gave him this ability, so he can't be negated there. But that's huge. But you have to be careful with those choices like Misery that says they gain stunned or that or has to take place instead. So pay attention. Just be aware of it. Um, gotcha. Things I've run into. But yeah, no, Von Schill 2 is fun. I think that you play him when you want to be aggressive, when you want to get in there, when you specifically when you're very much focusing on kill. That's really where he shines is kill. Yeah, and, and that, that is kind of the game with him is you have to figure out where to where to put him but then i always i feel like i have to have a shield for i've got your back just to pull him out of danger yeah. when they start focusing on him too much uh you can also put servant on him servant of dark powers so that yep. he's killing stuff he can heal a little bit it's a little bit of help I, um, I usually i usually put that on him plus it gives you that six inch move at the beginning of the game one combo this is just as a play combo use the trunk to give him boots move the trunk up he will then leap end up being next to the boots, drop uh, next to the trunk, drop the boots, equip something else. Simple thing. He's going to get himself up there anyway. Use that combo to add some efficiency. Yeah, that's a good point. And then he'll throw yeah. the boots off onto someone else. And that someone yeah. will gain the boots and shield it. Yeah, and that actually, that pass off is pretty far. It's an 8-inch aura, and you get a shield 1. 
let's talk about strats and schemes first real quick and then we'll talk about weaknesses and then we're good to go so i think we both can agree that von schill can do all four of the strats i um so i was telling you before and i separated my strats and my schemes into three piles uh, cards they're available you can get them uh and the i have a pile for it's always an option. If it's in the table, you, if I bring, brought another crew to have an option like in a tournament, Von Schill is definitely going to be one of the things I'm considering playing. The second pile is ones to when it's on the table, Von Schill can do it. And if I feel like I want to play Von Schill, I'll do it. The third pile is I'll never use those in Von Schill, be it the strategy of the scheme. And spoiler, none of the strategies fit that pile. So... I think so. Crew... What are the strategies when you see it? You're like, okay, this is a good Von Schill strat. Then I, I um, have to assume cursed objects is one of those. Actually, no, that's in my middle uh... one. For me, it's guard the stash and carve a path. Um, really, carve I... a path? That's interesting. The reason is, is there's so much area denial that as I'm kind of chugging along with the carve the path you're going to run into my force and I'm still going to have the ability to, um, to deal with you. And with the amount of pushing that this crew, like that uh, Von Schill 2 specifically can do, um, I can clear out any obstructions my opponent tries to put in my way. I've got the ability to clear out anything else, destructible terrain, burn out any of the, um, the markers my opponent. My opponent can't stop me. Yeah. I know where they're going to be. They're dropping that marker. I know where they're going to be. I can predict their movement, and I can set up very so dangerous. You're basically you're pushing your markers where your crew's going, and then you're like, oh, that's where they're going to go. Let's get them. And what it forces some people to do is they go to the edge of the board. And I'm not going to lie. If I can be even on my strat, and I've taken a couple models of yours out of commission so that they're trying to scheme off on the other side of the board, I might have won off that. Because the schemes are where this crew shines, but we'll go through the rest of the strats first. Um, okay. Carver Path is one. I, I I don't find it's a it's a problem with this crew at all. Um, you're going to have skirmishes. You're going to have people jumping onto these points, and this crew excels in melee and durability. You're not going to stop them. Guard the stash, I think, is very good because this crew has fantastic range uh, options, and it does. It's not going to take very uh, much effort to defend whatever they're going towards. We even talked about Lazarus being a good option for that. At the same time, the mobility that Rocket Boots has, the other crew can give. I personally believe that I'm going to be able to attack a particular stash and get it. And with the guard the stash having the um, some of them being forced into certain areas, this crew, again, does really, really good zoning. If I know where those zones are going to be, I can focus my attention. Don't split your forces too much with this crew. Yes, it's a loose bubble, but that does not mean you want to go in four different areas. you got to plan your attack specifically. If you can cut your opponent off from half the board, that's huge. It's the reason why Terra is actually a problem for this crew, but she's a problem for like most crews because yeah, right. Terra can split my force. This crew works really, really well surgically striking those areas and forcing my opponents in the areas. And if you can kill a couple of their key models, you're getting a big advantage. Cursed Objects, I like actually is the range crew option. Um, I like to bring, uh, I would like to bring uh, Von Schill one because he's got the ranged. And I'm going to shoot my opponent's models to kill them before they get close to me. The theory with this, and it's, it's a mixed bag because you're going to get melee no matter what you do. I want to kill as much of the models as I can before they have an opportunity to offload their objects. I don't, 
I have a weird mentality with this. Like, one of the, the mentalities is you aim to score as many points per game as you can, right? You want to score the max. Yeah. Um, however, strategies, I have found a lot of strategies tend to be kind of stalemates. I want to look where I can win and then deny from there. I can kill your models, making sure I'm getting the points I need at least early. And if I'm killing your models, I'm really reducing your effectiveness. And I can kind of decide the engagement. So if I'm removed two or three models, you're far less threatening. Oh, yeah. And even if you kill one of mine, I'm able to control per turn what I'm able to gain. And my models are so difficult to kill anyway that this this is almost the I just take Von Schill in it. Um, I think I put it in the middle just because I don't like it as much. <laughs> personal things. Yeah, and I was going to say, I, I've, I've done Covert Operation, and that one doesn't seem bad, but... It's okay. Um, it's okay. Depending on um, the board, you might have to spread out more than you like. But again, this is one to where I don't feel like very many people win or lose with this one, if I'm honest. There are going to be fights in areas. You can punish zones. That's where this Freycore crew is going to shine, is punishing the zone. Yeah. Um, when I'm looking at the strats, I'm looking at Freycore. I don't honestly see any... Maybe you know, Now I'm thinking about it more, maybe Cursed Objects is the one where they excel the most in just naturally. But all of these are zone punishment strategies for this crew. None of them are, oh, yeah, I'm going to have this in the bag. These are strategies that you're going to go, okay, I know where the fight is going to be, and I'm going to punish them for having to be there. Yeah. That's what the strategies are. That's my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and actually, in that in that pile, the top one, I have Vendetta and Assassinate. Vendetta, because I can kill things, my stuff's hard to die. Assassinate, exact same thing. Um, in that pool, I'm bringing uh, Von Schill one. He's hard to kill, and I can get most of the time, depending on the master, tends to be this is obviously the pool where people pick out their durable masters. Um, but a lot of times you can still kill them. Uh, any yeah. masters with negatives, I can like negative flips, I consider Von Schill two, but I have found it punishes me more in assassinate pools to bring Von Schill two than it does. To I just agree with go. that. I'll just instead bring more uh, scouts to, to actually hunt them down. The other, I actually have two other schemes that I have in the top. Uh, one, one is in your face, which is so good for Von Chill too. Uh, you're going to kill things when they're there, so it's just going to happen. Just going to happen. <laughs> and he's he's dangerous enough. He can go after big guys. Oh yeah. Uh, like it's and you can soften them up with range, a bunch of stuff. Like it's not going to be hard. The biggest danger is going to be if you're if assassinates in the same pool. Maybe you're going to want to reconsider a little bit. But then load them up. Anyone who's paid attention to the Discord or any of the discussion around Von Schell with load them up, this is the scheme to where I can guarantee you, you will not stop him. He will gain full points from load them up. If you know what you're doing, it's unstoppable. The reason is, is the amount of minefield markers you can put out. Because you put out hmm. two at a time. And Von Schell 2 uses it, tosses it to an ally who hasn't even activated yet. They can put out two more, and it's ridiculous how much you can do. Like you said, you can charge, you know, get, get another uh, item right after you use it. So it's there's so many ways to get extra landmines that by turn two or three, I have the max out I'll ever need, and you won't be able to remove them all unless you spend some serious resources trying to stop them. And again, I have more turns to lay out more if I need to. So really. let me ask you about that because I've – Minefields are kind of one of those ones where I can definitely see it for that scheme, but do you ever find it difficult because 
people start pushing you into your own minefields? No, not usually. Um, but this is another area where I'll say you have to learn the game. Positioning yeah. is a core part of Malifaux. Because, and... because I've seen some people where they take, you know, they put a minefield down and then they'll have Eric punch something and they want to push to do the extra point of damage. But then the next activation, they push Eric into the minefield and now he's taking points of damage. The whole point is, okay, if you've got it, set it up. Sure. Don't go out of your way. Like that's the deal is you adapt to what you need. Don't get cute. <laughs> the, the downside of this crew for a lot of people is it's not flashy. This crew is not flashy. Where it gets flashy is when it drops mad damage. Um, but it doesn't do all this. Oh, you buried my model and it's off the table. Now it's appearing halfway across the board. That's crazy. Yeah. They don't do that. Uh, you've attached all these upgrades to my models that I'm choking and dying slowly. That's crazy. You're dropping pianos. And throwing my models around, like with zip flying all, you're not doing that. It's very simple in concept what they're doing. Load them up, be, being able to throw. If you want to be safe with load them up, slowly spread out your markers by blow to hell markers. A different model each time. You can't remove them. There's literally nothing that can remove a blow to hell marker. Hmm. Uh, it specifically says, basically, it's the instance of the model doing it. So if I give it to, if I bring seven models, I can have seven blow to hell markers on the field and no one can to remove them except my own models. But you find it works better with the minefields just because you can put, put out what, two with each in, in, yep. in each time you do it? Yep, it's easier. You don't do this against Wong. <laughs> don't do it against Wong. Wong will just uh, throw them into space and then you've got minefields in the wrong places and places you I don't think want there, I think there's like a... 0.00002% chance that you'll see Wong in an event. Yeah, um, I feel bad for Wong, but especially this crew. This crew's a bad crew to have Wong go into, period. Like, Wong, so. Wong has some playability now just because of the buffs and the... Not in though. Not And the swine curse. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but anyways, load them up. Golden scheme. If I see it in the pool, I guarantee you I'm picking it. Um, I'm going to have to keep that in mind. That's, uh, that's a cute one. I like that. Um, I can walk you through, like, it's it's one of those kind of things, you, I always recommend people walk through steps in the game, because you could theorycraft all day, but until you see it in action, you don't always understand it. Sure. So when you're going through your actions, do it. Uh, my trunk activates and equips the minefields. Uh, Von Schill puts it out. Okay, they throw it over there, and then I do this action, which gives me more of this, Then I do the minefield again, or whatever. You have to think about it ahead of time. Are you going to do it? Just because you're guaranteed to get it doesn't mean if you play badly, it won't stop. You have you still have to do it properly. But if you know what you're doing, you're not going to be able to be stopped. Um, okay, what do you so have in your What do you have in your top when you're when you're talking about von Schill? What do you think is in that? Wow, this is definitely my von Schill schemes. Um, I think definitely Vendetta and Assassinate are two where I'm just like. Yeah, that's something I'm starting to think because they're so good at defending against it, but then also yes, just scoring it. it. I actually think that, and you don't typically think about it, but I think especially if you're going to go balls out and bring the hodgepodge, or even if you don't, I just think if you're going to be in the fight and you know they're going to be in the fight in the middle of the board and you have so many ways to remove their schemes, and I'm just like, you want to, I like leave their mark a lot of times with Von Schill. I think it's one that you can usually score because even if they're fighting in the middle, you usually have the beaters to get them out of there mm -hmm. and just kill them. That one I actually have in my middle pile. Um, yeah. 
Meteor Mark is the claim jump equivalent, right? And claim jump I played all the time. Everyone hated claim jump. I'm like, gimme claim jump. I love it. Um, because I can throw people around, I can get people out of there, Arc can deny flyers in other places. It's just really fun. But Leave Your Mark um, is very good. The reason why I have it in my middle pile is because the second part of it requires you to have multiple scheme markers. And because this crew has no efficient ways of dropping scheme markers other than walking up and just dropping them, yeah. it's a tax that I don't like. But it is absolutely possible. Three scheme markers is not and- that many. Yeah, and I think one um, one scheme that I'm actually thinking about trying just because if I play a minion heavy Von Schill list, I think public demonstration might work, but I need to play it. I public, haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Public demonstration is one that I have in my middle. Um, it is absolutely more challenging. This is definitely one I'm... It's going to be based on the enemy crew, for sure. Yeah. Um, and actually, the whole swapping now of when you pick your schemes really helps you decide if you're going to go with this one because you can see where the matchups, what's happening here. But it's harder at the same time because you play an expensive crew. Yeah, right. So you yeah. have to factor in those cheaper models. and uh, But our cheaper models are also still really good. So it's in it's in my middle group. Uh, this is one of those ones I have no problem playing with Von Schill. Uh, yeah, and I think the last one that I would I contemplate just because, like I said, I, I always bring an engineer and pretty solid um or you could do the same with another minion as well but i think catch and release is also pretty decent also in my middle group yep um i don't like catch and release as a play style i i I don't either because it's usually once you flip like it's easy to score but then once it's like this is the minion it's pretty easy to kill the advantage that you have with freycore is your stuff is tough that's the reason why you can do it is it's tough um, otherwise, yeah, that's the only reason why it's in my middle actually is because it's a higher chance of me succeeding on that. Yeah, if I if I notice they bring you know one or two or more henchmen, then it's like, yeah, why not? Oh, but yeah. if it's just if it's just the master, I'm like, eh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, it also depends on the master too, because some masters can actually just keep you from moving places. Like Tony, don't play this into Tony. Um, yep. Tony's gonna go. You're running away from me. Uh-uh, come back here. I'm gonna beat you up. Um, Get over here, nerd, so I can kill yeah. you. Do you have any other in that middle category? I do. I have Secret Meetup, Sabotage, and Hidden Martyrs. I feel uh, like if I'm doing Sabotage with Von Schill, I'm probably bringing like, the Midnight Stalker to do it. I bring the Hodgepodge instead. Oh, you, you're an animal. <laughs> um, but like, I will, I'll push stuff and they'll be dropping ski marks because it's, it's not an interact. I don't have to have them so far apart. It's true. Even the stalker has to do an interact. That's why his fast is so useful. I used to love all the equivalents of the scheme in the past, set it, set the trap and whatever else they've been. I've always loved the idea of them because something about it for me just sounds so disrespectful. What are your, uh, and it, it's going to be different, obviously, depending on your list, but what are traditionally your go-to, like, hey, I like these models for your hidden martyr targets? A big broadcast that I tend to do is I tend to take a scout with a soldier for hire because he's more likely to kill scheme runners. Things actually get benefit out of it, but then he's also got hard to kill now. Um, so he's harder to take down. But I'll oftentimes use my engineer because one of the, uh, and this will, I'll talk about this later, but the in my opinion, the biggest way to kill a Freycore crew is to kill its supports. And sure. like we talked about that uh, engineer, she's good, but she's not invulnerable. 
And since she's going to be priority target, I'm going to use her. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, because, you know, there's some crews that are like, and you, you can say the same thing with Hoffman, where it's like, man, your crew is ridiculously hard to kill. Yes. Well, if you if you take the healer out and you take the pusher out and you take the one that you take out that out. metallurgist that makes their armor irreducible, uh, non-irreducible, and all of a sudden, yep. wow, they're, they're taking a lot more damage. Since yep. And then it takes you less actions to kill the more elite models. Yes. Arc becomes incredibly squishy. Eight health is not a lot not when it comes lot, to no. an expensive 10 stone model. The other model I'll pick for this is the Effigy. Effigy hangs back. Effigies, the Effigies are surprisingly tough. They because are. they're armor too. And he can heal himself. So if you don't kill him, he's still going to survive. And they're significant so they can do things like drop ski markers. Yeah, and they have hard to kill. Yeah, so they're good models. Um, those are usually my options. Okay. That's actually one of my... The scheme where you have to pick uh, the three models up to 18, the hodgepodge effigy is a perfect choice because that's four points, and now you have 14 more points to split between other models. So I did notice that from what I'm seeing, the three that I'm guessing are your, I'm not bringing these are because it's multiple scheme markers. Uh, yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. Um, spread them out. So if you want to play spread them out, you're playing the wrong crew. I Bandits... Terra, anyone, uh, Zip, those crews will do these so much more. They're crews that their models can spread out more. Um, yep. They have cheaper models. It's so much easier for them to do. It's just not worth it. Like, And the and I'm going to talk about these in a moment with a, a separate side of them. Set the Trap, again, it's so fun, but it requires too much work for what we yep. want to do. We need to maximize our efficiency. We are well-oiled military machine. <laughs> and uh, the trap just doesn't play into that. Because especially at the end of the game, if at least one enemy master henchman is within two, sure, I like keeping my enemy masters and henchmen alive in this crew. That's that's absolutely what I want to do. I have screwed myself out of schemes like this in the past because I have done too much damage. And I was like, you know what? It is more beneficial for me to kill them now and deny that resource than it is for me to get the point because I secured the rest of my game. Yeah. Um, so that's not one that I find favorable. And Breakthrough is more of a personal choice. I have always hated Breakthrough. Yeah, the, the only reason I was thinking about doing that with Von Schill in the game today is because it was carved. So I could literally bring the Midnight Stalker if yeah. I wanted to do it. That do the carve, yeah. do Breakthrough. But that is not a Von Schill strategy. That is right. a weakness of Von Schill that you're bringing. Now, to be fair, that is a great way to shore up a weakness. Oh, that's the the, the breakthroughs of the scheme there? Awesome. And depending on... Um, I would say that if you, for whatever reason, seriously had no better options due to whatever your opponent is playing, for whatever reason, sure, you can do breakthrough. Um, but it's, it's definitely not what I want. The flip side to these last three, though, we are really, really good at stopping them. Yes, they are. So I like seeing him in the pool because I know if my opponent chooses them, I'm going to say no points for you. Yeah, you start seeing them spam out a bunch of schemes or you see somebody breaking it to you know go drop one in your deployment. You just kind of keep an activation back and just try to make that as difficult as possible. Yeah, just keep, uh, keep some grenades on some people who can choose suits. Simple. Yeah. Like, well, you haven't used your grenade in... Uh... Not yet. 
So, I mean, we've talked about a lot of positive things here, but is there some matchups or some tech or something that Freecore really doesn't like seeing? First one is just annoying, but Freecore can get over it through melee, is stealth. Stealth is really frustrating because we have really good range options. Um, and if you're not bringing the boom crew, your snipers, your freight, your Von Schill one rifle. Um, so you're saying these, the clampets might give Von Schill some headaches? Annoying. Um, actually, against against them, it's it's really a problem because if you're planning on using these tools, especially, oh, I have actually into gremlins. Gremlins, yeah, clampets, they suck. Uh, because uh, <laughs> I have brought out my scout. Like, oh, I'm going to position my scout forward and threaten um, any scheme runners. Oh, guess who does that job better in this scenario? It's these ghillie-suited-up gremlins. And they can shoot me. I can't shoot them. Yeah, the bushwhackers. Yeah. It's it's like, that's a problem. Um, but it's not... It's not, it's not um, something that you can't plan around. This is when learning what you're playing against. If you're yeah. playing against gremlins, yes, you can pop off a lot of their stuff, but they also have squeal. Uh, gremlins give the direct range a little bit of an issue because if you don't kill them in the one shot, they often are going to get away. So you've got to be careful pouring resources into the right thing. Um, another weakness is if you can run around me. If we're playing a scenario, to, and this is the reason why this gaining grounds is so good for Von Schill, is Gaining Grounds 2 had more of this to where you could. Scenarios and pools to where the strategy and schemes allowed you to skirt the edges, run around, split my crew, um, where you're more self-sufficient. A good crew that's actually good at doing this is the uh, Victorias. Because uh, yeah. their models are super self-sufficient. The Ronin can ignore my armor. They can run around. They're very good at this. They're faster than me in general. They don't get locked in combat with me. Um, and they can do just as much damage. Yeah, I, f I feel like a crew like Colette in the last Gaining Grounds was a big problem. You have to plan for things. Um, this is the reason why this crew rewards game knowledge. It's it's a high uh, a high skill ceiling. It's a low skill floor, but a high skill ceiling. Yeah. Um, another thing is manipulation crews. Zoraida is actually a nightmare. You think, oh, but you have all these blasts and things. Well, I found out the hard way. You play against one Zoraida crew with nothing but blasts. The next time you play against them, they're going to bring in Half-Bloods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that happened to me, and I have to, like, I applaud my local uh, Neverborn player. His name is Will. He's a fantastic player, a gracious opponent, both when he wins and loses, and he is good at the game. Uh, and he threw me off. Uh, but Zoraida and other manipulation-based crews, if you can control me, I can't do stuff. Certain models like Von Schill and Hannah are hard to control. Arc's not. Yep. The all the rest of the crew is fives on their stats. You can stop them. Uh, conditions. Uh, I have some, but if you proliferate conditions, I can't stop it. I have targeted condition removal. Yeah, um, and that was also something that that I forget who I was playing. Actually, it might have been the Brewmaster game, but oh, yeah. there's Brewmaster there's not there's not any offensive condition removal, so I can't like remove your conditions really at all. Right. Unless I bring uh, like what Johan maybe. You kill them. That's your condition removal. You remove their life, their their health points. You remove <laughs> the condition of health. That is your condition removal. But the thing is, like actually, Brewmaster is a great option against Von Schill. The reason is Brewmaster does not mind a brawl. Nope. And Brewmaster 
throws out tons of poison in AoEs. I have one model that dedicates anti-poison, one model that can remove it from himself, and then one model that can target another thing. I have to, and, and then I can give myself burning, which is kind of a net loss. There is so many um, issues with conditions. I have to choose my battles. Yep. If, you, if Brewmaster is throwing out poison, I got to choose who's important. Who someone, do we want to not die or not be poisoned? Right. And someone is going to be slowly ticking down. Now, shielded helps, uh, but it is not the end all. And the thing is with Brewmaster 2, he applies a lot of negatives. If I bring Von Schild 2, I can ignore the negatives, but I can't get rid of the poison on myself, and you can nuke him easier. Yeah. Crews like this that can manipulate the, uh, our, uh, that kind of denial, they actually can do quite well. The way that the Freycore has to counter that is I have to engage them at range. I have to win on my terms. If you can force me to fight on yours, this is the reason why Vangel 2 is a huge win against crews like this. Because uh, Pandora, you run them into her. Like, that's how you deal with that. The other thing is if you can attack my hand, Yoko, I have average stats. It means <laughs> I'm not flipping bad. But if I'm relying on the top of my deck, that's a big gamble. Yeah. People who are forcing me to discard my cards sucks. Um, but I mentioned it earlier, the number one way, in my opinion, to dismantle a Freycore crew is to remove the supports. You kill Yeah, and I think the times where I think people have done really well against when I've played it and I've seen other people play it is it doesn't seem like a big deal, but usually popping off the totem when it's available. Yes. If you can shoot it. that totem, shoot the totem. It has um, three health. That's three attacks minimum, or not minimum, but it's at least three attacks if you're yeah. doing four. Then the healer is the next thing that you should probably target if you can. Uh, that depends. I would actually uh, focus the engineer over the healer. Um, because the engineer give, gives focus as well. Um, and shield making things more durable when they're at full health. And Yeah, and very, I think that really depends on what your opponent's giving that's you. True. That's true. Um, but I will also agree, the healer. Kill the healer, and that's a big issue as well. It's the reason why if I bring the hodgepodge effigy, it's sure it's a more durable model than a lot of people think, but it's not invulnerable and it has to stay hidden. If I bring in the the emissary, that's a lot harder to deal with. Um, but even the the librarian is not invulnerable. Um, so kill the supports, and the rest will be able to crumble a lot more. If all you do is focus down an arc with armor two, shielded two, you're going to get nowhere. Um, you got to kill the supports. I think the only, I think the only bad thing as far as like if you're just going to straight up go head hunting for these elite heavy beaters in free core, I think obviously if you bring a crew with irreducible, that can be a problem. Um, yes. Especially if your opponent doesn't tech in the metallurgist. And you can only have one metallurgist, and that's only yep. a once per turn action. And it's only constructs. I can't yep. use that on the metal. I can't use that on the engineer. I can't use that on the librarian. Like, have you had any bad situations where a model like Levy just comes in and just wrecks a free core model? I have had um, some 10 Thunders models be a pain in my butt. Um, my 10 Thunders player, he's also another, one of our, our really good players. And uh, he plays, we, we have this like, uh, almost like friendly antagonism between us. When I say that, and if he listens to this, he's going to laugh. Because he hates the crews I play. But I As hate 10 Thunders. 
<laughs> He's the kind of degenerate that would use the, the Fuhatsu stuff before Fuhatsu got fixed. And I say True. fixed because he was broken. Yeah. And uh, I have to give it, he was, he's really good at seeing that kind of stuff. And so he's really good at maximizing that. But that also meant that he would, he could use those models like that that just pissed me off because, yeah, you ignore my armor. And actually, there's a lot of that in um, Ten Thunders. They have a oh, lot yeah. of armor tech. Does Hole in the World ignore armor, I think? I think it does. Uh, the Hole in the World doesn't, but like Jan Lowe's attack does. Okay, because I'm thinking, I thought there was something in Dreamer that was... Dreamer also ignores a lot of armor. That I think that's what it was, is my Neverborn player playing Dreamer um, had a lot of that, and I have to be aware of that constantly. I think it's actually a good matchup for me, but that means I'm keeping on my toes. Sure. And I have to think. That's the thing with the Von Schill crew, is literally, you have to get good at the game. Yeah. Manage your hand. Manage your health and resources. Manage your positioning. That's it's It teaches you how to get better, and that's the reason why it rewards that over time and game knowledge over time, because then you can plan appropriately and act appropriately. Cool. I mean, Brian, we went through a lot of stuff, but is there any other little tidbits you want to add before we roll up on out of here? Yeah, actually, I want to leave a couple honorable mentions to some models. Sure. Um, my number one favorite, uh, which I used to be a crutch for me, is um, Pride. Oh, wow. You want to make a... So are you talking about the old version or the current version? Either. Um, the reason why you like him is the anti-cheating. Because if you're facing a crew, like the diving crew, this is this is the anti-dive tech. Because I even Freycore, the monk crew will dismantle a Freycore. Like, that dive that he can do is so gross. He will absolutely destroy Arik. Because he has basically unlimited chi he gives himself. And he will just he um, he will eat through because he can ignore the armor with uh, at will. And what stops that is things like pride, because yeah, because isn't that where like basically if they have a sin token and they cheat a card, you can discard the sin token to discard the card. Yeah, and they still count as having cheated. So it's an yeah. anti-cheat aura. Also, the aura he can put up to make me cheat last, no matter what. Yeah. And it really taxes his resource. It's not invulnerability, but it really helps. And it really, really pisses people off when it's all of a sudden you go up to someone, hit them with a guitar, <clears throat> and all of a sudden they can't cheat anymore. Hmm. They could, but then it's not going to be any good. Yeah. So it's like, I he's one of the best of the um, Crossroads 7 because unlike ones like the uh, Greed, to where you have to use Soul Stones by choice, having a Sin token on you with pride around just straight up shuts down your ability to cheat um because you're you have to throw away a good card to get for me to trigger that ability so that you can use it again on someone else it's it's a brutal kind of effect um, i can see that but other than that uh also don't forget to hire a wretch against barry cruz and you ask why because that is now a five stone model that you can give a rocket launcher to and the wretch can target things that are buried. So hmm. you can all of a sudden start shooting rockets into the void. So I guess specifically that would be in a matchup where you know your opponent is going to bury their own models. So all of a sudden you declare Freycore and they declare Colette. Oh, snap. I'm going to throw a stat six, stat 6 rocket launcher against you. Against a model that is buried. 
where your trigger buries you, your defensive tech all of a sudden got countered by a five stone higher. <laughs> and it's okay. a minion, so one shell one can equip it. So that's that's cute. And it's a scheme runner that can go through terrain. It is a really good solid hire for that situation. One uh, of the few times you would look at taking out a keyword. Yes, it is actually up until Teary, I think that is the only one I would. Um, Teary, I'm going to experiment with her. I hate proxying, so I'm going to wait till I actually get the models. Sure. Uh, but I want to try. Teary only has two models that are minions. And there's a reason because Teary can hire in Von Schill. And Von Schill can equip minions. And all of her stuff are constructs. And he gives benefits to constructs. So yeah. there's that hiring thing, but she's got two minions um that there's the three theory craft going into the one is the nine stone minion that could be good i don't like the idea of hiring in a nine stone uh up to ten stone out of keyword minion again yeah the other one is her smaller minion because it basically is able to throw some more shielded around and a couple other tricks but again i'm looking at it i think it might just be more of a cute combo not really actually worth it possibility there though yeah. but one of the common outcast strategies for dealing with um buried stuff is to hire in the nothing beast in Freycore, you don't need to. You just hire in the wretch and go to town with the rocket launcher. In fact, all you have to do the combo there. They bury. You have Von Schill one. Do the give them hell trigger um, to where they fire the rocket launcher immediately and they drop the rocket launcher and then equip them one again. You can't fire. This is what I mentioned earlier that there's that once per turn because you can't give them hell twice. Yeah. Also, you can't do it then activate with the wretch and then do it again. So you do got to think about that. But the fact is, is you can constantly be given this rocket launcher to something they can fire into buried models. Yeah. Dreamer minions aren't safe. Uh, Terra models aren't safe, although she's probably safer just because she's so many models. Anything that buries, you actually have a really good resource uh, to get rid of them. So. So, can, so you can only rocket launch with that model once per turn. Yes. But if I gave a rocket to another model, that one could shoot it, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. So let's say, for example, you're like, uh, I'm going to give a rocket launcher to uh, the Frey Corman and give him hell. He shoots at Colette. Colette buries. Then I'm going to give a rocket launcher to the, the wretch who fires then into the void. So it basically makes it to where you can negate some of that tech. Other than that, if anyone is wanting to get good with the crew, I say play it everywhere. It's I legitimately believe it is one of the strongest crews in the game just because it can play everywhere. You absolutely will have crews that can do things better. Terra will always be better in scheme scenarios, always, where she needs more mobility, more bodies. She can summon them in. Yeah. Um, that's just innately better. Zip is super mobile uh, compared to me with my Freycore. Like I mentioned before, the uh, the Victorias, I'm talking mostly from an outcast perspective. Sure. Um, but like uh, the, the, the Victorias, they dance around. All these crews can do things better. Like, But when I'm talking about killing and surviving, I honestly, in, I don't think any crew can do it better in outcast than Von Schill. Even Levy. Yeah. Levy can nuke one model and ping other stuff over time. This entire crew can start nuking their, the opposing crew. Um, yeah, but I, I also feel like after Levy activates, you kind of go, who? Okay, now let's do the rest of the turn. Yes, that's actually it. And the thing is, too, is Levy models die. They're meant to die. Icor models don't die. 
So it's a very good crew. I say give it a chance. If anyone at Weird ever listens to this, help Lazarus. But uh, I think if you're playing the crew, there's no one that you have to worry about playing them into. Um, as far as a faction, like if you're playing like any of the factions, you can play the Freight Court into. I think there are crews you may want to avoid until you learn how. I think you can play them into any crew if you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think th- I think that's definitely the truth. Where it's like this crew's solid. Where yeah, it's going to do okay, but there are matchups where it's like. Yeah, if you if you don't know what to because you you only have so many actions, it's a pretty yes. elite crew, yes. so you can't waste them. But there are certain matchups like if they pick Wong into Von Schill, get ready, you're gonna have fun. Um, there are certain matchups he just blows them out of the water, yeah. and there's other matchups he can struggle against. But if you are good in the game, you know the game, you can play the game, the core gameplay well, and you know the meta strategies of the other stuff then you could absolutely win because that's the point of this cruise. They adapt on the fly. The ability just to throw on a grenade and smoke a cluster of um, of scheme markers or you brought in the Draken Trooper because, man, you're going to struggle versus their markers and then they just burn them away. Like yep. you talked about playing into uh, Titania, like being able to burn away her markers that she blitters across the board, playing snipers that care nothing for the concealment that they get. Like, you have to hire in at the strategy level. Like, that is where the strategy starts. So for new people picking up the crew, just play them over and over. You need the reps. It's not going to break your brain like Tara will. Tara will break your brain. We were laughing before recording. Whenever I put her on the table, I love the theme. I love what she does. (laughs) But my brain, I have a headache afterwards every time. I kid you not. Um, Von Schill at least for me, clicks. But the base strategy isn't complicated. But then once you unlock it, you go, oh, this to this to this. This model can easily threaten that model. Yeah, I, th- I think really honestly, the you kind of build just a solid crew. Obviously, the two henchmen, I think, is a great starting point. Yeah. And then honestly, I think the first three upgrades that you're just going to want to get used to using are just the assault shield, the rocket launcher, and the rocket boots. Yes, uh, 100%. And then then you'll figure out the rest of the stuff afterwards, but it's mainly like, okay, here are my good actions with the models that I'm bringing. Here are the upgrades that are generally good, and let's figure it out. I absolutely agree with that. And the uh, the bonus with this is this crew is technically forgiving. You make mistakes, they're durable. They heal. I (laughs) I hope that people have fun with them. I, I very much enjoy them. Uh, to kind of quote what I had written down, what is better than the idea of playing a badass elite military force combining steampunk technology, tactical flexibility led by cyber a cyborg Hulk Hogan? And, you know, and that, that's just, if that doesn't get you hyped to play this crew, then I'm sorry, you're playing the wrong crew. Definitely. Well, Brian, I, I thank you for coming on. This is definitely a longer episode, but I mean, I knew it was going to be because there's just so much going on with Von Schill and hopefully this will be a good tool for people to kind of use to try and dissect and and use the keyword effectively. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you inviting me on. I love this crew. Um, I will engage with anyone who wants to chat about it. Uh, yeah. You'll find me on the Discord easily. Any, anytime Freecore or Von Schill pops up, you'll usually see Brian like shortly after. 
usually. Right now I've got the tag of Barbaros Loyalist because I've actually been playing a lot more Barbaros recently. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, break horror, break horror again, man. All right, well, I think with that being said, Brian, we're going to go ahead and flip cards, flip tables, and see everybody next time.